All right. Tyler. Yeah. Euphoria. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I should have watched that show a long time ago. Yeah. I guess like when we take into consideration our last episode got scrapped. Yeah. You hadn't really presented any of your thoughts on it. So. Yeah. So it, it got scrapped. So we're starting fresh here. Yeah, so to the few people that are listening, that's why we haven't had an episode in like a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, I got stuck in Jamaica in quarantine, and then our last episode cratered on us, so. So yeah, rip. Um, but yeah, Euphoria, fucking Jesus Christ. That show is like peak HBO masterclass. It's amazing, isn't it? Like it's, it's kind of the definition of like peak HBO. I think. Yeah. Like, like they, they make a lot of, like, well, they've always made amazing television, but I mean, like I should have watched it. Like I waited until yeah. we were a couple episodes into season two before I bothered to start actually watching it. And I, I should have watched it a long time ago. Cause it, it is yeah. amazing. Like the writing, the directing, the cinematography is uh, unreal. It and re- how re- relevant it is too. Yeah. Like, yeah. talk about a show that, like, touches on all of the modern problems in a good, like, in a respectable, like, not forced way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, and, like, granted, I'm not in high school right now, but, like, watching this, like, I think I texted you at one point where I was like, man, I am so glad we are not in high school, like, in this day and age, like, <laughs> with social media and all that shit, it was like, I can relate to what they're going through, but not with a cell phone in everyone's hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, fuck. I don't, I don't remember if we discussed this the last time we had our failed recording there, but did I tell you about the the film for season two? Yeah, how he, like, went to Kodak and was like, yo, I want to film it this specific way, and they actually, like, spooled up a manufacturing process for yeah, it. Yeah, just because they don't make that film anymore. Yeah, that's cool as fuck that, like, he reached out and was like, yo, mm-hmm. I want this film because I like how it looks, and they're like, all right, here yeah. you go. So, like, the first season was phenomenal, but the second one definitely just, like, kicked it up 10 notches there's two episodes in particular that were just three sorry three okay the first one being i can't remember which episode in season two but basically where ruth gets confronted not Ruth. is it ruth rue rue yeah rue and she she just unravels yeah she like you know goes to her like denial breakdown fuck you i don't need your help and like that was that was kicking down doors and like throwing shit across the room when yeah. her moment sister is in there yeah that was that was something else to watch that one Oof. the the range of that one like seeing her like seeing zadenia's like acting range in, in that episode was like it was like all right like you are phenomenal mm-hmm. at what you're doing like so yeah yeah so that was the first like truly stand like i was just emotionally exhausted by the end of that episode it yep. doesn't happen very often when watching television Nope. And then obviously the next two were part one and part two of that amazing play. Yes. That Lexi put on. That whole play was like so fucking like on point and like the fucking jock scene where they're just like, oh fuck, it was so good. It was so good. 
like the quality of the <laughs> yeah when i was watching it with the wife i was just like man like i never went to a high school play that had nearly this level of production value no like even like a local community theater doesn't have this level of production value no and like i liked how like during the play it would like flash back to like what she was referencing in real life like how she did the play mm-hmm. like i thought that was actually really smart the waves they, yeah the way they blended it all so you're like watching the play and then it fades and you're actually watching the real thing yeah yeah it i was, thought thought oh, they did that was super smart and the whole thing with fezco man like at yep. the end of of the first play episode i was like hey like this play is amazing and all but like what's going on with fez like i need to know what's going on with yep. fez and then that last scene like the hallway shootout was like oh my god yep and fucking how the kid is just like fuck it i'm yeah. I, i'm not going anywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, yeah it was just like super tense of like how they kind of built that part up and again, just like emotionally exhausted, like just yeah. having Fez like shot and he's like laying on the ground. And he's like, Ash, Ash, get out yep. of there, man. Yep. And like how that show taps, like, and here's like how that show taps into like how you emotionally connect with those characters is super smart, especially because like I had it like, oh, the dad of the piece of shit guy. Mm-hmm. That's also a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Like there was times where like I was watching him and I'm like, I hate you as a person, but I also feel bad for you in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like when he spirals and like <clears throat> goes to that bar he used to go to as a kid and you're like watching it and you're like, okay, like I, I feel what you're going through, even though you're a terrible person. <laughs> like yeah. it's like they make you connect even with the villains where you're just like, okay. And I'm, right. and I'm super happy with the way they brought that one around too. Cause like for the longest time you just think his dad's just like this overbearing, like I want my son to be the best and he's an asshole. And then you slowly like piece by piece start getting into like, like they did that whole episode where it showed like, it turns out the dad is actually gay, but he knocked up this girl and had to like give up what he thought was the love of his life to raise this family. Because especially at that point in time, it wasn't acceptable to be that way. And he had a very hard ass father and like all of that, am, like amalgamated into this yep. emotional like repression and stuff that caused him to act like it's, yes, yep. everything was just so well-written. Yeah. Like how, how they t- tap into like how a person would like get to that point. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, yeah, this is, this is how it would happen. It's like someone, you know, was grew up in the wrong time you know, and they're just like, I can't be who I want to be. And so they get into this cookie cutter thing that they end up fucking hating the rest of their life. Yeah. Right. And then take it out. Cause you know, they're the one dude's like, yeah, well I had a shit father, so I'm going to be the same way. Right. You know, like it's how they, yeah. How they do that whole show is phenomenal. The one gaping question I have left going in my mind though, is what's, what's the deal with the third son? Oh, did you not notice that? Wait. Okay. I'm blanking on. There's one, there's one scene in the house and it kind of like pans through stuff and you see a family photograph of the mom, the dad, and they have three sons. Oh, and we've only ever been introduced to two of them. Oh, so who is the third son and where is he? Oh shit. 
I didn't even realize that. Unless I just completely missed something and like their first <laughs> child that they had was their first son, but it didn't look that way. Like if I recall correctly, and I think it was in season one when they kind of panned over the photograph, the family photograph, it looked like the two brothers that we know now, and it looked like a younger son. Oh, interesting. I wonder if maybe they're like it died somehow. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Never, it's, it's never addressed in any way, shape, or form. They never mention a brother, like in any of the dialogue and stuff. Like there's like, if you go on Reddit, there's like a bajillion wild theories. Oh about sure. Who the son is? So I think the most popular theory right now, which I don't think I, I don't personally subscribe to, was like two kids was enough. So they gave away the one kid and the one kid they gave away was like a really young one. And that is Ash. Oh, I don't think that's the case though. Like the timelines don't really line up. Well, don't, don't they touch on, Oh, well, I guess that would, you they could make touch, that in work. The story, they touch on Ash, but they just yeah. say someone owed her money, dropped a kid off and then left. But you don't really know who dropped the kid off. Just that the kid was there. Right. And it was just a baby. So they call it ashtray. Which is that's right. That's how it becomes Ash. But in those flashback scenes, like it's a baby because there's the scene where Ez's grandmother's like bathing it in the tub, but in the family picture, like this kid's probably like six or seven. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not really subscribing to that theory. But yeah, that makes sense. Nonetheless, there's a whole plethora of conspiracy theories out there as to like what happened, who is this this third kid, and like. Oh, shit. I just hope that they at some point address it. Like if you're going to throw a family picture in there with everyone and you have a third kid, like at some point you have to address it. Right. Yeah. I feel like that show is smart enough that like they're not going to red herring that. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like for the most part, like if they're presenting you with something like that, they're going to like do something with it. Mm -hmm. So. But yeah, it's an amazing show. Yeah. And I've said it before and I will probably say it for the rest of my life, but Zendaya deserves all of the fucking awards for her performance yeah, no in that show. No shit. Like, especially like if you're someone that like has only ever seen her in Spider-Man, you know, mm -hmm. cause like, yeah, she's good in Spider-Man, but like or it's a Marvel Disney movie show she came from. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, like you're not going to get, this may sound bad, but you're not going to get like crazy performances out of a Marvel movie. No. Right. You know, because it's that's how they are, you know. So to see her in that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, give her all the awards. So yeah, Euphoria mm -hmm. is amazing. Okay, I think in our last episode that we lost, we talked about Ozark. Maybe yeah, we did, yeah. Okay, so this article I'm super happy about because the second part is coming like a month and a half after that first part. It's like April. Okay, that's not too far away. Yeah, I'm happy that they're not like, yo, it's like a year away. <laughs> so that's all there is for that. I'm just happy that like we're not having to wait too long. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, and what a season that was. Yeah, how they ended that with fucking cartel guy just like yeah I'm gonna just take out this whole problem and mm. then we're gonna end the show here <laughs> was like okay fuck you for that cliffhanger yeah. and uh, <laughs> and yeah yeah like I don't, I don't know how too in depth you want to go because 
I mean, our, the, our failed podcast is like three hours, so I don't think we want to be here for six. But no, that's fair. That's fair. But yes, that that part one was amazing, and I'm happy that it's not too far away. You know, like I hate like my biggest gripe with like the last few seasons of Thrones and Westworld is these like mid season breaks that take like a year before you get the other half of the season. I fucking yep. hate it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the whole like midseason break is fucking dumb as shit. Mm-hmm. So I definitely can't wait for that. But okay, what the fuck is super pumped? Like I like I see Tarantino. We got a story about Tarantino narrating it, and then you you've also actually watched it. Never yeah. even heard of this until I saw it on our call sheet. Okay, so it's a Showtime like businessy show. Okay. And it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, uh, okay, so you know that prison show, the dude that got shot in the first episode? What's oh, yes, his name? that prison show. There's only uh, like one or two of them out there, so I should know this. Uh, the the guy that does Yellowstone, that prison show. Mayor of Kingstown? With Jeremy Renner, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Kyle Chandler, the guy that was in the first episode. Yes, okay. And then got shot, okay. So it's him and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and it's about how Uber got started. Oh, is that what it's called? A super pumped? I remember seeing a trailer for that and being like, yeah, I want to watch this. Yeah. So it's about like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like the CEO of Uber and it's like kind of about how he's starting it and like kind of how the CEO of Uber is kind of like a super piece of shit. <laughs> okay. So very a la like the social network. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, and then so how it ties into the news story is Tarantino narrates parts of the show because okay. uh some of the people that did super pumped did um oh shit why am i blanking on the name of the other showtime show with paul giamatti billions yes billions i don't know why i blanked on that so apparently tarantino is a big fan of billions because he likes all of the pop culture references that they make and they're really on point with their pop culture references on that show to be fair yeah and a- and apparently Tarantino, because he's also like big into that, mm-hmm. like said something like at one point of like, yeah, like I, I really like that show. And so the creators were doing a podcast and they were like, fuck it, we're going to see if we can get Tarantino as a guest. And then at the end of the email, they slid in. They're like, also, like, would you be down to narrate the show that we're doing? And he responded. He was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So it's like kind of a cool story of like. How the creators of this were like, wow, Tarantino likes our thing. I wonder if he would be a guest on our like podcast. And I also wonder if we like slid it in at the last half of the email. If like, yeah, would you be down to narrate something? And it's like reading the article and it's paywalling me right now. I don't know why. Um, they actually wrote Tarantino back and they're like, so did you see the part about like narrating? Like, did you mean yes to that? And he literally just responded. He was like, I know what I said. <laughs> So it was kind of a... So the guys who created this super pumped, they're the same guys who created Billions? I think part, like, someone involved in Super Pumped is also involved in Billions. Okay. So I don't know who, but, like, I know that, like, they're someone, I think, is... So did they actually create Super Pumped, or did they steal this idea from the guy from Entourage, just like they stole Billions from him? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Seems like the entourage guy's got like a few bones to pick. So maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. interesting, interesting story. And then, like, okay, so here's where I'm at with the actual show. Super pumped is like I watched the first episode and realized that like I I maybe don't give a shit about the show. Oh, <laughs> but is Joseph Gordon Levitt? Yeah, and like he's good, but like and maybe this is like uh, where I'm at with those type of shows. Like I think I'm starting to get burnt out on those type of shows. Okay, like he's- I think like. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Dude, I, I get it. So, like, I'm going to just pseudo divulge this into yeah, him and Tommy. Totally. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I got it. I got as far as episode three, I think. And I just completely, like, the first episode, I was like, yes, I'm into this. This is intriguing. I mean, you got Sebastian Stan and Lily James and then Seth Rogen. Yep. And... Nick Offerman. So I was all in. And then by episode three, I was like, I couldn't fucking care less about this show. Couldn't care less about what happens. And honestly, I used to think fairly highly of Sebastian Stan, but granted that was pretty much mostly just based off his performance as the winter soldier. Oh, sure. Sure. I don't care for him anymore. I didn't care for his by episode three. I was like, I don't, I don't know Tommy Lee. Like, well, I got to watch interviews with him and stuff. So, like, maybe he is this over the top in all regards. But just his portrayal of him, I was like, I don't I don't like this. I don't like how you're portraying him. I don't like this character. Like, I just didn't like it. And I I just kind of stopped. And I ended up watching, like, the last half an hour of the very last episode because it was on upstairs. Yeah. That's how I I finished out that series. To be honest, like I, I think I'm midway through Pam and Tommy, and I've, I like I haven't watched it since we initially talked about it. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of died off for me. So like I get what you're saying. We're like that type of. Because the other one that I'm got queued up that I'm waiting to watch is uh, Amanda Seyfried in the, the dropout. dropout. Yeah. So I checked out the dropout, and I actually like binged the first three episodes back to back. Yeah, but I mean, that's very reminiscent of what I did with Sam and Tommy. Yeah, which is like, I, like, so that's why it's weird, like super pumped. Like I watched that and I was like, okay, I think I just maybe don't give a shit about the story about Uber and like the source. Like, I think maybe that's it where I'm just like, I don't, I don't find this interesting. Whereas like the dropout is like the story of that is actually like kind of fascinating how she like legit fucking frauded everyone. Mm hmm. So I think that might be like, I like I'm more interested in the other story, maybe. And, and that's fair, and that's where it has me more concerned because, like, with Pam and Tommy, I knew that they had this weird, very quick, fast-paced whirlwind of a romance that ultimately ended up like you know them making this sex tape and then it being out there and selling it and da 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 da. Like I knew. A little bit of the background but I didn't know all the details I didn't know like the divorce and the abuse and like all this other shit whereas with the dropout I've probably watched two or three like hour and a half two hour documentaries about Elizabeth yeah. Holmes the this whole show the dropout is based on the podcast the dropout yeah. and I listened to that whole eight episode run in its entirety with like interviews of all these other people and stuff so like this is one of those stories that I'm actually quite familiar with so I'm like ah 
Is it I'm, like, is, is a show too much? Like yeah, gonna, where you're just like, I've heard this story so many times that like, I don't need it again. Yeah. Is it going to translate well enough for like, I'm visually being able to see stuff from the dropout podcast that like keeps me intrigued or is it going to be like, yeah, I know exactly how this plays out. I don't need to hear it again. Yeah. So I, haven't, like, I haven't started in on it yet. Like I, I'm, I plan on it. Yeah. But I have reservations. I'm worried that it's going to fade. And I, I could see that because I had a similar issue with, um, oh shit. What was the, uh, oh, when Adam McKay did that movie about the housing crisis, the big short. Yes. So like that movie, like won Oscars and it was great. But like, I remember coming out of that movie going like, meh. And I think it's like, it was a unique situation of like, I had studied that extensively in business school. So it was like, I wasn't into it. Yeah, because I was like, I, I I know the story of this. Yeah, you, you know, know you so knew what you need to to know. Yeah, so it's like I totally get the thing of like, oh, I've I've heard this story so many times that even if it's a really good show, like at the end of the day, you're like, meh. So yeah, that's fair. So we'll we'll see how that one goes. I did really like the first three episodes of the trap out though. And I'm, well, I'm uh, hopeful because the story still is like, it's crazy that it got as far as it's did. It's crazy yeah. that so many people signed on and invested. Yeah. And at no point did they like legitimate ever have a working machine. Yeah. And like they touch on how they do that. And like, I'll say like uh, Amanda Seyfried, like her, how she kind of like her mannerisms and like how she kind of like plays the real life person is like, very good so far. So okay, I need to know right off the hop before I get into this show. Okay, in the in the Hulu series, does mm-hmm. she talk with like yes over the top deep? Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I good because that's true to exactly what Elizabeth Holmes does. But like, have you like ever heard interviews with Elizabeth Holmes? Like, have you heard her talk in real life? Yep. Have you heard like the comparisons of like when she became businesswoman Elizabeth Holmes and like interviews prior to all of this going down? Uh no. Like once you actually hear her normal voice and then hear her like business professional fake voice, it's it, it's infuriating to hear her talk. They touch on that in the show and they actually make light of like how she consciously does that. Yeah. And it's so so like you actually hear regular Seafried voice. And then the other voice. Okay. So they actually like they actually touch on it, or like uh, there's a scene I think where she's like talking in a meeting and she gets flustered and ends up going back to her normal voice and then realizes it and then like changes it midway. I mm. think so. Like they actually play on how she like consciously does it to like make herself I don't know sound better or whatever whatever her rationale is for doing that. Interesting. So. So they actually touch on that. So okay, okay, okay. See. Yeah. All right. Well, like it's it's in the queue. I'm still gonna check it out. I'm just worried, but it'll still be worth a shot. That's fair. So after all that fucking outcry and hubbub, they they got John DiMaggio to come back to fucking Futurama. Eh? Yep. Which like, I'm happy because it seems like. It seems like he was kind of like, yo, we should all get paid better for this. <laughs> Not just him. It seems like from what I was reading. Yeah, I, I didn't follow it too much. I don't know. It's one. It's one, I like Futurama. It's a phenomenal show. 
But I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I just have a limit to how many times you can end a show and then bring it back because all of a sudden it's uh, got some popularity in the world and then kill it again. And then it's like, oh, it's becoming popular again. Okay, let's bring it back again for another season and then kill it. And then like that's not even including all the times that they killed it. And instead of revitalizing the series, they just did fucking one off Futurama movies. Like, it, it's a great series, but like, my God, like. How many ups and downs are we going to yeah, go with this up, show? Make like, up your mind. Like, you can't yeah. just keep canceling it and saying it's done for good and then bringing it back a year later just because it's it's gaining some traction. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. No, Which I, is I feel you. a terrible thing to say of a good show because like, if you love a show, it's like, well, I don't care how many times they cancel it if they keep bringing it back, but it's just like, okay, come on. And every time you do this, then of course it's like, oh, it's popular again. So then you have to re-go through the rigmarole of who's getting paid what and Yep. Trying to bring back as much of the original team, and I feel like you lose a little bit of the magic of the show every time you bring it back, because at that point, people have moved on to other projects, whether it be the voice actors or the animators or the script writers and so on and so forth. So it's like, I've, I just don't want to see it eventually hit a point where, okay, cool, so the only original cast is like the voice actors, but everything else is completely, because you know, it just takes away from it. Yeah, and I think like Futurama is very unique in this situation because of how many fucking times it's been canceled and brought back. You know, so it's like I like I don't know many other shows that have like been canceled and revived that many times. I can't think of any. Yeah. I can think of shows that have been rebooted several times. Well, yeah, but that's like, not think, the same. Like this show yeah. is straight up like, hey, it's canceled. Here's the series finale. Okay, guess what? We're coming back for two seasons and we're canceled again. Like, yep. And then they made some movies and then they like got re-upped again. Like, yeah, I think it's Futurama is like super weird that way of like, mm. so yeah, I, I totally get what you're like. If they bring it back for one season and then cancel it, like the fan outcry is going to be like fucking unimaginable. I would imagine where it's just like, what? Like, make up why? Yeah. Like they'll be like, you can't just announce that this beloved series is coming back and then just kill it again. Like, so yeah, we're entering this like really weird era, I think, in television where all these streaming services are fighting hard mm -hmm. to, you know, get original or exclusive content. I use air quotes for original because like Futurama isn't original, right? But like Hulu's, they're trying to fucking bring in the bucks, yep. bring in the subscribers. And, and I, I get that. Yeah. You're also like, I love miniseries and we've talked on this show at length before about how I love miniseries for the fact that some things just need more time than a movie, but don't need more than a season. And that's yeah, why I love miniseries. But I, I feel like we're starting to hit that like abusive point mm -hmm. with miniseries. Well, well, yeah, like we talked about this with uh, Mary Vistown because like that was presented to the audience as like, here is an eight episode limited series. That's all it is. And then, like, after the fact, like, people were like, oh, are we going to get, like, a second season? And, like, the creators were like, well, you know, like, maybe. And it was like, so then you're, like, going, like, okay, well, it's fine to say limited, but, like, and then come back. Yeah. Just so it's, like the Stephen King's Outsider. Yeah. I was completely okay going in. This is a one-off miniseries. And then it was, oh, it did really well. We're actually going to work on a second season. And then got me all hyped where it's like, well, I didn't expect it. I don't know where you're going to go, but like it was so well done. All right, fuck it. I'll watch a second season. And then they went, ah, uh, you know what? Never yeah. mind. We're just going to, it's like, don't fucking yeah. toy with my emotions like that. 
Yeah. And like, it's, I, I don't, yeah. I'm concerned that mini series now they're going to be hosted or posted as limited series, mini series. And that's just going to be, I'm scared. We're going to get to a point where that becomes the metric as to whether a show actually becomes a show. Like, like yeah. for example, like if they did the big bang and the first season, they've labeled it as like this mini series with these two nerdy people and their beautiful roommate that they're awkward around and they called it a mini series and they're like, okay, got enough popularity. Okay. Now we can green light it. We'll make it a series, an actual TV series. Like I, I don't like yeah. the idea of that being the new metric. Everything's a mini series unless it does well. And then that's how they proceed forward. Yeah, I agree. And like the only time that has ever worked is when it's anthology based, like true detective or like American horror story where they're like, if it does well and the people have another idea, they'll do another season, but it like, really kind of in no way like ties or slightly ties together you know to the first thing right they're just like we're gonna keep doing this because we have ideas but it's different people Mm -hmm. like that's the the only time that i'm like kind of on board with that but yeah no i I get what you're saying yeah so that that's my biggest fear no i'm i I don't know where i read it and it must have just been like hollywood bullshit fluff but i've already seen a few things where they're like oh they might do a follow-up to pam and tommy with like the years after and i was like no who fucking wants that nobody wants that no like if you want to tell like here's six fucking episodes about the pam and tommy story like that's fine like do that make your show and that'd be like fucking doing the other hulu show the michael keaton one you know about that like imagine if they were like yeah we're gonna do a spinoff about like michael keaton's early days as a doctor it's mm-hmm. like what? No, no. <laughs> yeah, like Doctor you know, Death, that, Dope Sick. Like you don't need yeah. it to extend the story. No. no, like, and like to do a spinoff, I would almost say does the original one a disservice by doing it because then you're like muddying it, what you did previously, right? Like taking away from what made it special to begin with. Yeah. So, I don't so know. yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But that's that's my fear right now with Hollywood. I'm that's seeing. Fair. I'm seeing far too many quote unquote mini series popping up. Like that's, yeah. that's the hot trend. Yeah. And I get it if it's done and it's used properly. Yeah. That is true. Okay. Here's another thing I'm worried about with Hollywood. Are you ready for variable theater pricing? <sighs> I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, given the wake of the pandemic, like, we kind of, well, I don't know if we, but like, I definitely assumed that these guys were going to need to try and recoup money from being down for so long. And I thought ticket prices were going up for sure. And they are honestly, definitely- if instead of like a 20% increase across the board, I'd rather see variable for big time Hollywood movies like Marvel or the Batman, as opposed to every single movie I see is all way up there in price. You know, it's going to be all the way up. For everything. (laughs) Well, definitely like our local theater here. Like, I don't know if you joined uh, Cineplex's little club there. No. I think it's like eight bucks a month or something. 80, 90 bucks for the year. Okay. But you get 20% off everything like at Cineplex's. Okay, sure. You get a free movie ticket every month. Okay. And then on top of that, you get discounts on all of your normal tickets. So okay. for the Batman, for example, my discounted ticket prices, I think were 12 bucks a ticket. Without that discount, they were 16 bucks a ticket. 
That's actually not bad. That kind of pay, like if you see like, if you buy two tickets a month, that kind of pays for the membership almost. If you go and see one movie a month, that covers the membership. Yeah, especially you get one free movie a month. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So if, <laughs> as long as you see one movie a month, then your membership costs are covered. I might have to look into that. So like I joined that up to get like cheaper tickets and free tickets and 20% off actually is because uh, it used to be 10% was seen and then they dropped it down to a 5% discount if you're a scene member. But when you're part of this club, you get 20% off. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. That's it's a, when we went and got our snacks before seeing the Batman, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that actually is a, it's a pretty decent discount. Yeah. Yeah. So no, yeah, I'm, I'm not super pumped about variable tickets, but yeah. I half ass expected something of this nature given we're entering post pandemic. Totally. Totally. Cause I like, I've definitely noticed like, I think snack prices, like, especially like every time I've gone to a movie, like post pandemic, I'm like, this is like fucking $10 more expensive than I remember it. Yeah. They just keep up in it. So, and it's like, and as someone who used to manage a theater, I know the margins on that shit is fucking cheap as hell. So it's like, it's like, fuck you. Well, they've always said that's where a theater makes its money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the cost of a large pop and popcorn, like legit is under 50 cents. Yeah, I I can see that. (laughs) So, and you pay like fucking like $13 for it. So yeah. 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 That's where the money comes from. Yeah, so. Yeah, well, and so like this whole thing stemmed from this article because they're talking about variable ticket prices for the Batman. Yeah. So I really want to parlay this into the Batman. Okay. So I haven't seen it. So give me your like high level like thoughts on it. Eh. Oh. Like I I understand oh. it getting rave reviews and people like really liking it. So the movie in and of itself Okay. Is good. The plot was really good. The story, uh, like, it was really good. Visually, really, really good. Oh, so who did you not like? Was it Patson? I'm still on the fence about him. Okay. I was utterly against it when they first announced he was going to sure. don the cape. I was like, sure. okay, I don't like this. But then I saw the first trailer when it came out, and I was like, you can't, maybe I spoke too soon. Sure. So I dislike him as... Batman and as Bruce, but only because I forget where we are in the timeline. Oh, so okay. This they they're they're calling this year two Batman. Yep. This is the second year that Batman has been Batman. Yep. So naturally, he's younger, right? Because yep. he's just getting into you know being a cape crusader, a crime fighter, and stuff. Yeah, so and I, even in the comics, like year two, like they they've done stories based on that and he's like in his like early 20s yeah so So i i honestly throughout the movie sometimes i'm like fuck, i don't like i don't like the way he looks i right now i don't like the way he's talking the way he's carrying on about himself and then i have to go okay hold on like this isn't established crime fighter batman this is year two batman like he's young he's supposed to be young and then i reconcile that in my mind and i'm okay with it sure later on in the movie something happens and then i get irritated again and i have to like actively remind myself that like this is purpose this is how it's supposed to be yeah man yeah yeah and that's probably because like every batman we've seen on screen has been an established one right and an older person like i don't think anyone under like 35 or 40 has played batman no like they've all been yeah so it it, 
it's not that it's bad. I just had to like come to terms with it. Cause you're so used to seeing, you know, like George Clooney, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, like you're, you're yep. seeing these older established veteran type Batman. So it's, it's yep. really, it's really jarring for the first time in a while to see a high production Batman where it's basically like kid Batman, young Batman, yep. Batman yep. junior, you know? That's fair. There are a few other things that really irritated, like first and foremost, like kudos to uh, Colin Farrell. Oh, like, yeah. holy shit! His penguin was was phenomenal, and mm-hmm. I don't remember the dude's name, but like the Riddler, Paul the Riddler, Paul yeah. Oh my god, mm-hmm. the way that they shot the Riddler, it was amazing because it was yep. like a mixture of like, like Jim Carrey's Riddler is like my baseline for Riddler because it's like really the only live action Riddler I've ever really seen. Yeah, which is like completely off of what that character is actually supposed to be yeah, like in the comics. Way too over the top. So this Riddler I really like because he was grounded and he was very meticulous and thoughtful. But like when he's talking, you know, you can get the he's mad and he's got anger behind him and stuff. So I remember like, reading an article and I think it was Matt Reeves, like the director and writer, like took cues from the Zodiac Killer. Basically, yes. he was like, I'm going to give the Riddler those vibes. And I, I, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, fuck, sign me up. <laughs> and that is exactly what he did, because there's like throughout the movies, the Riddler leaves little ciphers that they have to try and like figure out and all that other stuff, which is really cool. And he like makes kind of like videos that he posts online where he's like has his victims like it, it's very like 21st century Zodiac serial killer kind of ask. And I so I yep. really, really liked how they did the uh the riddler mm-hmm. there's one scene which i'm sure you've like heard all about by now where he's next in the jail cell next to can't remember the other actor's name i have not heard i've not heard it's it. whatever okay well i've intentionally like not read any article about it because i haven't seen it yet okay, because well, it's i can say anything then because like and this this is terrible because i haven't seen it yet it is like the most anticipated movie I've had in a really long time. I just haven't got around to seeing it. <laughs> well, you don't get to see, and they don't exactly tell you who's next to him in Arkham. Oh, but it's like, okay. So it's like another villain, probably yeah. the Joker. Yes. Okay. So that, that's <laughs> okay, what sure. it is. But it's, I can't remember his name, but he was, he was recently in the Eternals. Did you see the Eternals? Marvel's yep. Eternals. Yeah. He was the dude who could control people's minds. Uh, now I gotta find this out. If 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 they're saying like this might be the next Joker, I need to I need to put a face to this. <laughs> and I can't the remember his name. Eternals. So the guy that did the mines. Yeah. It's not the British guy, right? I think he's British, British. guy that flies. He's got the like guy a, that flies. I don't know. You know, he doesn't fly. Um. He's got like a oh Barry oh cut. that is it that guy oh. Oh, you know what? Okay. I've Barry, seen that guy in some stuff before. Yeah, Barry, Barry Kogan? Yeah. Yeah. But you don't see him. You don't see him in the movie. He, like, the only reason that people know it's him is because he's credited in the post credit scenes as, like, Arkham cellmate number two or something like that. Okay. So I wonder if that's, like, Matt Reeves. Because Matt Reeves said he wants to do, like, he's going to do basically a trilogy with this Batman. Yeah, so so he, I wonder if that's his way of like this is the Joker if I want to do it. Yeah, well, and it's pretty obviously like once he starts talking, you're like, mm, okay, who is this? And he immediately makes references to clowns and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, okay, this sounds like the Joker. 
but I don't, if it legitimately was him doing all the voice work for this, because like I said, you can only see like the outline of his like head, but you can't actually see his face or nothing. Sure. But he has this conversation with the Riddler and then the Riddler kind of goes like, who are you? And he's like, well, let me answer that with a riddle. What, what if you have the less you have, the more valuable they are. And the Riddler's like a friend. And he's like, yes, a friend. And then he starts <sighs> laughing. And that's when you get like the Joker laugh. Oh, so I'm curious okay. if he legitimately did all of the voice acting in that scene. Cause the, his interpretation of the Joker laugh is one of the best I've heard. Oh, okay. All right. Like when I unintentionally came across this stuff where they're like, yeah, Barry Cogan is the Joker in one scene. Like that's our, our big hint. I was like looking at him. I'm like, I don't know if he would do a good Joker, but like yeah. his Joker laugh, one of the best Joker laughs I've ever heard. All right. It was All right. spot on. All right. All right. So that got me excited. And I was, okay. there's like a few little things like Batman is very much like year two Batman, but like, cause it, it started off, Batman started off as what something detective. So he very much in this movie acts like a detective where, but at the same time, it kind of pisses me off. Cause like there'll be a room full of Gotham PD and they're like combing over, taking pictures, going through everything. Batman will walk in, look around for two seconds and then immediately find like the fucking clue or the answer, like the piece of evidence that he needs where it's like, okay, come on. Like he's still a 20 something year old kid. Like, yeah, that is like, I will say that is not like, com like that is comically accurate in some instances, but I would imagine that they would probably do that for the sake of it's a movie. <laughs> right. So it's like, of course he walks in and finds what he needs. So, yeah. So all, all in all, though, like the movie yeah. was good. It's, it's almost three fucking hours. Long. I know. I saw the runtime and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's, a, it's a long movie. There's three things that happened in the movie, like, and they're not like scene specific. So like, I'm not, I won't spoil okay. anything for you here. Okay. But for some reason, with Matt Reeves vision, they focus in on the sound of Batman's boots a lot. Oh, weird. Okay. So like think a horror movie. Right? The killer's in the house. Oh. You're like, oh, I don't want to get killed. You hide in the closet, and all you can hear is the clunk, clunk of, like, the killer's feet. Sure. That was, like, a focal thing in multiple scenes where, like, all of the rest of the background sounds get, like, not muted, but they get toned really down. And, like, the predominant thing you hear is you just see Batman's feet, and you hear the clunking of his boots. And okay. I don't know why. It just annoyed me. It's like, oh, okay, like, are you going for serial killer kind of vibes here? That tracks with, um, I saw like some, I think it was a Reddit thread and someone was like explaining like the main, like the latest three Batmans. Like if you look at like Bale at like Ben Affleck and Patson, like what parts of Batman they focus on. And that actually kind of tracks. Cause like they said, like Bale is like, they focused on like, yo, he's like super stealthy and he like plays on like Batman as an image. And Baffleck was like, plays on like, he's a seasoned guy and he's going to fuck you up. Like you are not walking away from this. And then Patson plays on like the detective and then help Batman also uses like fear. Like he's not this brooding guy, mm -hmm. but like he also makes it so that like you're like kind of on the horror element. So maybe that tracks. But. Maybe I just found it minor, yeah. minorly annoying. That kind of sure. irritated me. 
The sure. other part that kind of irritated me is his technology that he uses as Batman. Oh. Is it super crude or something? No, it's super high tech, but at the same time, super archaic. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing. And just as like, aside from being like a, a movie and entertainment enthusiast, I'm also a technology enthusiast. Yeah, so we're huge little, tech nerds. So those things just kind of like irritated me. Like you ever seen the movies where the like someone goes to a library and they like look through old fucking newspaper articles on the library computer and it's kind of like a slideshow and it makes like a weird modem sound as they like yep. spin the dial to flip newspaper pages. Yep. So like he pulls a contact lens out of his eye that has a whole bunch of like little circuitry on it. His contact lens is a fucking 24 seven video recorder. Okay. So super high tech that, that doesn't exist. And then he drops it on this like weird ball shaped thing. And all of a sudden it just downloads and transfers all the data. But then he's okay. got this like analog screen that he controls like you would one of those newspaper fucking things from a library in the oh, 80s. Really? And that's how he's like scanning stuff. The picture quality is like, looks like it was shot on a VHS. Oh, weird. And you're like, you have this advanced technology, but then at the same time, it's very like archaic and analog and old. I wonder and if they're playing on the like, he's making it himself and not using like Wayne Enterprises. Like, I which, wonder if that's why. Which I could understand. And like, I, it doesn't necessarily need to. There's a lot going on in this movie. So I understand everyone's familiar with Batman. I like the fact that they didn't spend 45 minutes where we had to watch his parents get killed for the millionth fucking time. Right? Sure. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, he has this technology. He has this Batcave and there's never any mention of how any of it came to be, where it's coming from. If it's self-funded, if someone's helping him with it. It's all just there. Okay. And there's not even like not even one hint as to where this is coming from. Interesting. So like that kind of annoyed me a little bit, especially because sure. you see this old technology, but then he's able to like pause an image from his video recording and then flip the image and then feed it into an algorithm, which automatically scans and identify characters. So he's got some like impressive, oh, okay, you know, scientific fucking machine learning stuff going on but then at the same time it's like this old he's machine. using them like a fucking crt yeah, <laughs> so that part just i don't know not sure not the end of the world kind of bothered me yeah just uh kind of took you out of it yeah and then yeah. like you know the characters that are going to be in batman obviously like catwoman and whatnot the only other thing that really irritated me is there's a scene where him and catwoman are like parting ways essentially and it's this like good luck, stay safe, blah, blah, blah. I have a city to protect, da, 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 da. And they like have this like emotional moment where they right. decide they're parting ways. And then they both get on motorcycles and instead of parting ways, they like have like a couple's drive for five minutes. <laughs> and then right. after this five minute drive of them like side by side on their bikes after their long goodbye, then they just like turn in opposite directions. And I don't oh, so they fucking straight up like Fast and the Furious. Yes. <laughs> like just like, oh, yes. okay. Here we're just going to branch off and like, like straight up with the like he's looking in the rear view mirror of his motorcycle as, you know, her, her back is to him and she's going in the opposite direction. Okay. So not sure. the end of the world, but it just irritated me where like you have this emotional goodbye, good luck, blah, blah, blah. And then they but kind they of dumb it down. They don't actually depart ways. They actually right. go for a couple's cruise. 
Sure, just sure. Irritated. Sure, me. I can see that. So aside from those like minor little annoyances, it was it was pretty good. I'm still on the fence about Patton Pattinson. Yep. Like I get it, he's young Batman. Right. But they very much do like emo to him. It's he's kind of emo Batman, which I'm not sure I'm a fan of. Just because he's got like the long. Long, really yeah. dark hair that like covers his eyes, where he has to do like the fucking head swoop yeah. to get his hair out of the way. And then, of course, because when he's wearing Batman, he like puts the black stuff them, around yeah. his eyes. Yep. So when he's out of the Batman costume, he's, he's just, got the he, eyeliner. Yeah, he looks yeah. like, a, like an like an emo goth. Yeah, and you know, Keep he's, going through a phase. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to save Gotham City, and his parents are dead, so he always has this like super sad look on his face, and it's like. I mean, yeah, do what you want creatively with it. I still don't know how I feel about it. And I'll and I'll be honest, I like the actor, but I don't like the guy who plays Alfred. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like him as Alfred. Sure. I that makes sense. Wasn't emotionally uh connected to that character. I I honestly and maybe it's just because I'm so used to like some really top notch people playing Alfred. And again, yeah. I had to justify it to myself where it's like, okay, well, like we're not gonna have Michael Caine as Alfred because yeah. this is year two Batman. So Alfred's gonna be younger because as Batman mm-hmm. gets older, Alfred gets older. Yep. But still the the actor himself, I just, I personally didn't feel was the best fit for Alfred of okay. the new Batman trilogy, but that was that makes sense. That was my hot take. That makes sense. That's my Batman rant. All right, I'm curious to like. I'm excited to check it out at some point. So, well, speaking of, speaking of Batman, did you see the last story that I posted? Oh, uh, about the series. Yeah. Okay, so this has me like actually really excited. Yes, because I'm not going to lie. Because there's two HBO series coming. One with Colin Farrell. That's all about yep. the Penguin. And then the other spinoff is Gotham PD, where which, we see Jim Gordon become work his way up to commissioner. Which they've now scrapped. Yes. And are now doing an Arkham Horror show. Okay, which, well, hold on. To be fair, they didn't scrap. Or like on hiatus, filmed, it's, it's evolved, is what they've said into something yeah. else, which now looks like it's going to be a series about the Arkham Asylum, done in like a haunted house. Fuck kind yeah! Of vein. Fuck yeah! So when I saw I, that, I was like, "Yes." I've read the Arkham Asylum graphic novel, which is very much a horror Arkham Asylum book, and it is like one of the best. Gra- like universally, when people go like, "What are the best Batman graphic novels?" It's up there. So it's like some weird fucking horror thing with all the villains in the prison. Yes. Are yes. You, are you kind of familiar? Because I, I watched the Batman movies and like when I was a kid, I watched some of the cartoons, but like I'm not super involved into the background of all of this stuff. Sure. Bruce's parents, Tom and Martha Wayne. What's Martha's last name? Pre-marriage. Uh, oh shit. It's... Uh... It's something. It's it's relevant. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Okay. Well, they tell you what it is in the movie because it's part okay. of the it's part of the plot. Yeah. You know, it's Arkham. Is it actually Arkham? Uh, it might be. Because I heard that, and it's like, oh, it was fucking Thomas Wayne and Martha Arkham, the two richest families in Gotham, and they ended uh, up marrying. And Arkham Asylum was started by Martha's family. I'm just confirming this right now because I, I want to say that actually I, maybe well, seems correct. I didn't know because I was like, hold on. Like I've played 
the Batman games. I've watched all these movies. I've seen the cartoon. Like, granted, I don't go super in-depth looking into the history of all the comics and the storylines, but, like... Okay. They, they made that up for the movie. Okay. Because I was like, that seems just a little bit too much that, like, Batman's mom's last name is technically Arkham. Yeah, it seems like... <laughs> Seems like they maybe made that, unless there's some side comic where they fucked with it, which could totally be the case, but from Wikipedia is telling me it is not, so. Okay. Well, in the movie, okay, his mom's last name is Arkham. Sorry for the spoiler. I apologize. That's fine. But I was just dying. After I heard that, I was like, I have to look this up, and then by the time I got home, I forgot. So now that we're on the topic of it, I was like, I really need to know. Like, is her family's last name Arkham? No. Okay. That's not, not really a spoiler, so. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I'm... I d- totally was not excited for, like, a Gotham PD series. No, I was like, I, wasn't I, either. I was like, I don't give a shit about that. But then seeing them be like, yo, it's an Arkham fucking horror story? Yes. You know, the main reason that I was not even caring a little bit about a Gotham PD series? Continuity. Sure. I'm still terrified that DC is going to like okay we've got some success this Batman's landing people are into the story let's develop this new trilogy in this new universe and I'm still fucking terrified they're gonna fuck everything up with their massive lack of continuity across the DC cinematic universe so when I heard Gotham PD I was like okay cool same dude is gonna play Jim Gordon that's a start but all it made me think about was Fox's Gotham TV show where they had the Riddler and the Penguin and all these characters and none of them had anything to do with any of the fucking movies. And if they were going to exercise that and do a trilogy and have a Joker in the next Batman movie, sure. But then they introduce a Joker character in the Gotham PD show, but they're two different fucking characters who play two different versions of the Joker. What else? I wouldn't put it past DC because here's the thing. When you're using the same actor as Jim Gordon in the movie and in the Gotham PD show, like if that Gotham PD was still what it was supposed to be when they first announced it, you can't, you can't fuck that continuity up. You can't sit there and be like, oh yeah, uh, multiverse. No, and I think. You can't do that because the same fucking actor. And I think being that Matt Reeves is involved in both the Penguin and this Gotham Horror Story, I would say that they're. The continuity will probably be on point, but I totally get what you're saying. I would hope so. So, okay. So have you finished Peacemaker? Yes. They definitely don't fuck around with the continuity. And the last episode. Yeah. So was, spoilers. I, fucking Flash and Alchemy show up in the fucking greatest way possible. Well, to be fair, they all show up, but you only actually get to yeah. see Jason Momoa and... Uh, uh, dude who plays Flash. Yeah. And I love how it's just a joke about fucking Aquaman fucking fish. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it is. Is like they're literally just like and I love how the Flash is like yo it's not a rumor. Like straight up <laughs> fucked a fish. <laughs> yeah that was that was a fantastic ending to that series. I really enjoyed Peacemaker. Yeah I me too. I really did. The overwhelming majority of like my close friends that like got into that show didn't like it. Oh, really? Yeah. They said it wasn't funny. It wasn't entertaining. And I'm sitting here going, what are you talking about? It was both. It's everything I've wanted 
R-rated DC to actually finally fucking do. No holds yeah. barred with the totally the graphicness and the cursing and like the inappropriate humor and yeah. Like I thought yeah. it was fantastic. Yep. And I think we talked about this on on our you know legendary last episode, but like it took me like two or three episodes to actually get into Peacemaker. Like I started off not liking it. Really? I think we in. I think we talked about it, but like it was like the first three episodes. I was like, I don't know about this. And then like I started to like John Cena and I think it's because I never liked John Cena in the movie. Okay. And I think like as like I watched it and was like, oh, John Cena is actually like not just doing a cookie cutter peacemaker. Like he's actually got character and depth. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And I think once I got to that point, I was like, okay, I'm on board with this. And, so. and and my friends that hate the Peacemaker show all said they liked Peacemaker in the movie, but without Idris Elba to play off of, that Peacemaker character should not exist. And I felt the exact opposite. I was like, yep. yeah, he was great in the movie, but I think he's even better in the show because you get to, you get that character development of Peacemaker. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird because like I, I straight up actively disliked him in the movie. And then I had to get over that hump for the show. And then once I did, I was like, oh, I actually now like this character. But like I started off going like, uh, I don't know that I'm going to continue watching this show. And then like I got into it and then I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like this show's great. And it has an intro that fucking slaps so hard. <laughs> I That's my other thing too is I love that intro. Like it's one, it, it's, there's very few shows where like I'll watch the whole intro every single episode and that's one of them. Like I never skip that intro because like the song is catchy and they're like, they're very, um, I don't yep. know, robotic, emotionalist dance moves and stuff. Like I it's thought the like, whole thing was hilarious and everyone else is like, it's the worst intro ever. It's so cringy and stupid. I'm like, that's the, that's the point. That's the, that's the point. It's supposed to be this cringy deadpan fucking them doing K-pop dance. And then a fucking eagle swoops in. Like it's supposed to be that. Yeah. You know? I love Which it. I guess I guess if you're if you're not into that dumb humor, then I I could see that easily not hitting, but, but yeah. Also talk about a intro song that I fucking love. That Euphoria song is fucking amazing. It's I like it, but it's not something I have to listen to every single time. Oh. That's just me personally or any like the three variations to it. Cause there's like three yeah. variations. It's, it's catchy for sure. Like the music is very well done. Yeah. But I don't think that's like that. Either one of those songs is something I could just like listen to on repeat. Oh, so yeah, I found that with euphoria. Like I just, I actively listen to that outside of the show. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, to each their own. I mean, like I was a big fan of the, the score to the intro of, uh, Succession. I oh, love that yeah. piano, but I know a lot of people that are like, yeah, no, it's too much. Okay, I love it. Fair enough. Yeah, I love it. Fair enough. Okay. We got to talk about 50 Cent going like all fucking crazy on Instagram about fucking one of his shows not getting renewed. <laughs> Did yeah, you see what? this? No. I like, I saw the <laughs> thing there, but I just didn't actually like click and read into it. So, so he fucking like apparently would like, well, uh, one of his one of the shows because he's heavily involved in them like 
hadn't been renewed and apparently he just like went fucking like batshit 50 cent crazy on instagram where he was like yo these are all the scripts for all of the upcoming series and he's like putting them in his bag and he's like i'm fucking walking and i was like what (laughs) when you sign contracts with movie studios i don't think you can just walk i highly doubt that he was uh, clever enough to put in a like I get end all be all creative control on this. And if I don't like something, then it all goes with me. Yeah. But which show did, did, uh, it, did it say, was it raising uh, Canaan? No, I think it was, Oh yeah, actually it might be because he was like, they renewed high town and force. Oh, uh, what does it say here? Hightown, that must be one of the unreleased ones. He says they renewed Hightown and Force is the highest rated show, but they have it's sitting. Oh, so he's talking about the Tommy one. It was sitting in limbo and he was like, it's the highest rated one. Why the fuck haven't they renewed it? Force is the Tommy one. Yeah. Yeah. You just said they renewed Hightown and Force. uh, Sorry. They renewed Hightown and then he goes on to say, and Force is the highest rated, but they haven't renewed it. Sorry. Oh, I read that wrong. So, okay. and like, he was like ranting. He was like, fuck, like in the video, he's like, fuck stars. They suck. <laughs> like, he was just like fucking like going unhinged. All right, then. And I was just like, man, what? Like, I, I get f- 50 cent wants money and I understand he's been bankrupt a few times, but like, man, don't burn your money making bridge <laughs> with stars. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, between power and two seasons of power book two ghost and then a season of raising Canaan and then a season of force. And then obviously the next one is going to be called high tower. Yeah. Whoever that's going to be centered around. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I've the only one that I was looking forward to was force. I wanted yeah. more Tommy Egan. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet because there's like some part of me that's like, fuck, do I need to watch ghost? Like, I sure maybe raising Canaan because that's more of a prequel. I could probably skip that one, but like, do I need to watch Ghost? Are these are there going to be nods to one another? And I haven't watched Ghost because I don't care about the kid anymore. I don't think so. So like, I have been watching the Tommy one, and so far the only reference that they have called back to was from the original show. Okay, and they bring back a character from that show. Interesting. Other than that, they are essentially saying like Tommy ends up in Chicago. Yeah. And ends up finding out that he's got family there and then he stays and kind of goes, I want to do what we did in New York, but on my own. And then, so he starts to kind of build up his own, like, kind of like, here's my, here's how I'm going to bring the drugs to fucking Chicago (laughs) kind of style. I can't see that working out well for him. Like if it it wasn't for fucking ghost, like he would have crashed and burned and got himself killed a bajillion times in the original series power. Like ghost was the brains. Tommy was just like the fucking partners, but he was the muscly and he's super reckless, right? Like he incredibly reckless. He doesn't think they touch on that. Like he very much makes a bunch of rash decisions that it's that as you're watching it, it's like, what the like, yeah, I get it, because that's your character. Your character is kind of inherently dumb and smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, maybe don't just shoot that guy, you know. So it's like, but at the same time, I also, I like it because this is what I want out of those shows, which is give me 
the crime like kind of gangs and all of that shit. Yeah. I do not give a shit about Ghost Kid in fucking college, you know, selling fucking Adderall to kids. I super don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want here are the gangs, here is like the stories and shit like that. Like give me all of that stuff. And the Tommy one has that, so Okay. It's it oh, like it's maybe solid. I'll stop being so concerned about watching it. I mean, try it out. You'll probably know within the first two episodes whether you want to continue or not. So, All right, fair enough, fair enough. But I like it. So. Okay, good. Well, at least that's like that's the one uh, spinoff I'm hopeful for. Yeah. Because like in a world of fucking spinoffs, nothing really had me giving a shit. Like speaking of spinoffs, like one of these other posts we got here, Negan Maggie spinoff for The Walking Dead. The last time I watched that show, Negan killed Maggie's husband. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where pretty much I stopped as well. Yeah, didn't, didn't carry on with it. What I find super interesting about this, and like this yeah. is someone who didn't carry on watching the show, but like obviously sure. I read news stories and articles and stuff like that. Um. Oh, now I feel terrible because I can't think of her name. But the lady who plays Maggie. Oh, uh, I'm looking at the uh, Lauren 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 Cohen. Yeah. She left the show. That's right. She left the show like a couple years back for at least like a full season or a season and a half because she was just tired of doing like the same thing and was, you know, needed a break and wanted to explore other things and not just be the same character all the time and blah, 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 blah. And then she returned. And I think I remember reading something about the fact that like, she returned because she wanted to like bring closure to the character, but now she's signing up for a fucking spinoff. So it's like, yeah, okay. you've been playing this character for a long time and you left. I don't really remember you seeing popping up big on anything else during your absence. Is this truly a bring closure to the character? Or is it one of those, like you realize you don't realize how good you got it until you don't. Yeah. And maybe like the salary of a lead on a new show maybe plays a part in that of like yeah we get you've played this character for a long time but like what if we bumped your pay and gave you a show mm. <laughs> like maybe that plays a part in it. And, and maybe maybe like an, like their own show like rejuvenates the love for the character well and like i think a lot of people don't give any weight or thought to the fact that like being an actor or an actress in Hollywood or even a writer or director doesn't mean like you're set for life, right? Like you can finish a show and then not book another gig and like, that's it. And like, yeah, Mm -hmm. cool. We understand these people get millions of dollars. They live in mansions and a normal person would be like, if I had five good years of making two or $3 million each, then I could just be smart with my money. But you also get adjusted to the lifestyle and Mm -hmm. all that other stuff. So like, if she wasn't able to really make anything happen during her like brief absence, it's like, okay, well this is steady work. This is a steady paycheck. Yep. Yep. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Sometimes I overthink these things. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fucking AMC. Just continue on with the milk train of the walking dead. Yeah. Well, I wonder how well it's going to do because the walking dead shortly after the whole like death and the Negan storyline coming in, like, Ratings have just been going down consistently, like every year. Yeah. Maybe they're like, yeah. okay, we we get it. We beat the main storyline to death and we veered so far away from the comics. 
we'll just go off and do our own thing. Maybe that'll bring people back. I don't yeah. have faith in that, but maybe. No. I like I'm not gonna watch it. I'll I'll just be no. straight up honest with it right now. I have no interest in watching. No, unless it comes out and it gets like somehow it gets like insanely rave reviews or something where they're like, Oh my god, this is like some super fresh innovative take on the walking dead like then i would be like okay i'll check out a pilot but yeah i'd only see that happening if amc gave up the rights and hbo decided to make their own walking dead spinoff yeah which like newsflash we're getting that but it's the last of us yeah <laughs> so yeah okay here's another article okay apparently a bunch of people in the uk keep stealing shit from netflix off their sets i remember reading that <laughs> and it's it happened like three times and it's like been in the excess of like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff is being like stolen off these fucking sets. And I don't know why, but this is like fascinating that people are just like, yeah, we're just going to steal a bunch of Netflix's shit. <laughs> and like, hasn't stuff been stolen from the set of like heist movies? That's my understanding. Like uh, the so irony of it. So 200,000 worth of stuff went missing from the crown crown set. And then take that like that stuff must be worthless given how terrible that show is. Hey. Hey. And then apparently they took three hundred and thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff from Lupin. I don't know what Lupin is. I don't know either. Probably another one of those European. Oh, it's a thief it's a thief show. Okay, that's where I heard that from then. Yeah. So So yeah, apparently people are just like fucking also like how is the security that bad on Netflix UK sets that yeah. people are just like walking in and taking hundreds of thousands? No kidding. Like, really? You think after it happened the first time, they would be like, okay, we should like improve a process so people can't steal shit. And then like two weeks later, they just fucking did it again. Yeah. Like if it happens once, shame on me happens twice. You know, that old yeah. saying. Yeah, totally. So, so is that why they're launching a trivia game to try and get people to subscribe to recoup their fucking losses? I don't know, but I'm actually on board with this. This seems cool. Like a movie trivia game in Netflix where you can play with random people. That sounds actually all right. I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I think that's, I think that's a neat way of doing it. Sure. I don't know. Are like, there prizes? Um, like, is it just like a random trivia game? Because I mean, my app store is full of yeah. random movie pop culture trivia games. So like, I'm not sure what Netflix is doing where it's uh, any different than the two billion that are sitting on the Apple and Google Play stores. I'm just seeing here in the article. So, so no, it just seems like it's just a random game okay. on Netflix that you can play this trivia quest against other people. I think it would be cool if they like somehow did some like point reward thing where it's like, if you win so many games, you can get like a discount month or something. Mm -hmm. Some but, kind of incentive to it. Yeah. But something tells me that like they're actively not going to do that. Well, they just given, jacked prices up again recently. So I almost canceled. Did you? I almost did. I, I, I still have my Netflix account. I almost canceled. I almost canceled. It's getting ridiculous. So. And then like with every other streaming service, like who was it recently? NBC just pulled all their shit from Hulu. Oh, did they? Uh, I think older stuff is still on Hulu, but NBC had a deal with Hulu where like after a show aired on NBC, the next day you could, it would, you could stream it on Hulu and they just pulled all of that 
Oh. Try and drive more people to Peacock. No, weird. Yeah. Weird. So I checked out that King of Staten Island movie. Yeah, you, you told me to watch it. It was, it was really fun. Yeah. It was like a, it was kind of exactly what you said. Like here's kind of like a, a feel good, lighthearted, like comedy of like, okay, here's some highs and some lows and very well done. It was, and he, unlike the tattoos that he does, those were not very well done. <laughs> the part where he tattoos that rant, like at the beginning where he's the tattoos, the random kid, like <laughs> I, that whole part was awesome. The kid comes up, he's like, what are you guys doing? Oh, tattooing. You want one? <laughs> Can't tattoo a kid? What? He's giving me permission. Yeah, he's like, sure, you want this kid? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then when Bill Burr shows up and he's like, he's 10 and he's like, I thought he was at least 16. Yeah. Oh, Bill, come on. Bill Burr was great, but I think Bill Burr is great in everything, so. But he was especially good in that. Yeah, it, it was really, I quite enjoyed it. I, I can't yeah. believe it was that long since it was released before I actually took the time to watch it. Yeah, and I think when you talked about it the first time, it was like not seeing him in like really anything else, like seeing him in that. I was like, okay, I'm totally a fan of you. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. So he still needs to pay Marissa Tomei apparently though. What? I I literally just saw an article the other day where Marissa Tomei for, I don't know, whatever movie she's promoting, she's doing an interview and someone brought up uh, what it was like working with. Davidson yep I don't know why I just blanked on his name <laughs> like we're literally talking about anyway what it was like working with him on uh Staten Island and stuff and they kind of like parlayed it into uh because everyone always wants to know like what is it about Pete Davidson that he always lands these incredibly like gorgeous women that by all all intent and purposes are out of his league yeah if he wasn't Pete Davidson yeah. So they were kind of talking about that and she's like, I understand, I get it. Like he's very, he's just very honest and very blunt and open about everything. And he's really funny and stuff like yeah. that. And so she was kind of like, put the, put the fact that I played his mom, like, let's just, cause that's just weird. Let's forget about that for a second. But like Pete Davids as a person, she's like, I totally get it. And then she made some kind of comment in passing about how she, uh, still hadn't collected her paycheck from filming that movie yet. Oh shit! Yeah, I wonder if there's like it was like some weird back end deal, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's not like she said that she had just talked or just messaged or left a message for Pete like earlier that day to find out if he oh, got shit. paid yet. Because she's like, oh, I weird. haven't gotten paid. Like, have you gotten paid? Oh, weird. Yeah. I wonder if that's some because I know Hollywood is notorious for having like kind of stupid deals that end up not paying people. You know, but I mean, like when you're Marissa Tomei, I don't know how you just get away with not paying someone like that. It's yeah, not that like she's true. some like unknown, no, like D list actress, right? Like no. she's fucking Marissa Tomei. Yeah. So I don't know that in Staten Island, like that movie came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. So it would have been, you know, would have been filmed like probably a, at least a year prior to that. We're going back like three years at least. It's a long yeah. time to not get paid for, for not a lead actress, but I mean like as yeah. high as you can get on the supporting cast list. Yeah. And I yeah, just, that's weird. just thought it was interesting. It's weird. I'd be curious to know the backstory that if that ever comes out. I don't think it will, but yeah. Okay. So what do you think about South Park so far? Eh. 
I don't know. Like some episodes have been all right, but like a few of them have been like, I expected more. Yeah. So the first couple I was like, okay, these are good. They're not like yep. top best South Park episodes I've ever seen. Yeah. But they were good. Like the whole yeah. one with the butter as the doing the equestrian stuff. Yep. Is like a fuck you Putin because Putin has a small dick that doesn't work. <laughs> like that yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. But like I just watched the most recent one yesterday or the day before, which was the airsoft one. Oh, with the teenagers. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, I get where they're going at with this. Teenagers mm-hmm. are difficult and da da da. Yeah. But like that episode as a whole, I didn't find no super great. And the one prior to that where Cartman becomes a real estate agent also didn't <laughs> knock my socks off. I, I, I liked that one, but yeah, I could see that. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like it, it just hasn't hit as hard. No. And like, I, as it previously has. And it doesn't, it's, I'm perplexed as to why. Cause yeah. The pandemic specials, all three of them, I thought were very, very, very good. Yeah. And the last full season they put out, I thought was like top notch. Yep. And then this new season, just, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if it's a case of like, they've just like, they've got so much going on maybe. Well, that's what I wonder too, because they also like signed that deal to do like 30 plus fucking movies for Paramount and yeah, like all the little side stuff they have going on. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping like, it's just a slow moving thing. Sure. And that it picks up and gets back to like, Oh my God. Did they really just say that? Yeah, and like I, I found that with the, when they did the Russia episode, because like I saw the article, they're like, oh, South Park is doing like the Russia Ukraine thing. And I was like, ooh, I was like, that could like kind of get juicy. And like when I watched it, I was like, oh, I, I kind of expected more. Yeah, I thought they were going to take it much further. Yeah, given how they have done that with like pretty much any major event, like mm-hmm. they just like take it, they're like, all right, we're going to bring this to a thousand. Yeah. And like I watched that and I was like, Oh, like I, like I ended it and I was like, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Like I expected more. It was funny, so, but I expected yeah. them to go much, much harder and like way more yeah. offensive and like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So. But. It but is yeah, what it's, it is. Yeah. I mean, I'll keep watching because it's South Park. But yeah, yeah. I'm not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. So what is Those Who Wish Me Dead? So it's a movie with Angelina Jolie. And it's kind of like a really dumb action movie. So here's the premise. And just <laughs> apparently a bunch of firefighters to put up forest fires parachute out of planes to do this. Apparently, yeah, smoke jumpers. Yeah. Yep. Don't you remember so, that from Entourage? Oh yeah, totally. Which turns out that movie he was filming in Entourage was actually a really movie. Like jump smokers, I think is what they called it in Entourage. Yeah, actually got made like a few years ago. Yeah. Like it was actually like, that's a real movie, obviously not starring Vincent Chase, yeah. but that was yep. a, a real movie anyway. Yeah. So essentially she's some firefighter for whatever reason. And then she kind of like retires and she basically does like the fire watch tower in the thing where she watches for fires. Okay. And this dad and kid, this dad works for the government or something and ends up getting some hitman like called on him and so these hitmen are like trying to hunt down this dad and kid and the kid gets away into the forest and angelina jolie finds him and cue her and john bernthal like trying to flee a forest fire with hitman after them 
okay. It's like it's like an all right action movie with a really dumb premise. Like it, it's nothing like spectacular, but like I saw it and was like, all right, hour forty five, sure. Why not? I got nothing else to watch right now, so threw it on and was like, all right, that's it's like an all right action movie, you know. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, you haven't really sold me on it. I don't know if I'm gonna expedite that on my list. That's fair. I, I wouldn't. It was like it was just one of those things. Like as I was browsing my library, I was like, hmm, "What's that?" You know, just kind of like randomly hit plays. Like, all right, I'll check this out. I had it in here for a reason at some point that I don't remember, but all right, I got nothing else to watch. So yeah, fair enough. There's it's, another one that's I remember seeing a trailer for it, but I can't even remember who was in it or what it's called. But it was like some guys running. They like. He's a forest watch kind of person in a cabin and then some people show up and then it has something to do with monsters and a cult. Uh, <clears throat> remember seeing the trailer? I'm like, that looks slightly interesting, but I can't remember anything about it. Oh. It was not that too, not too long ago. I initially, <clears throat> when you started describing this movie, I thought you were going to say it's the Firewatch movie, like based on the game, because they actually... I don't know if it's ever coming to fruition, but there was talks about that game Firewatch on Steam. Oh. That they were actually going to turn that into a movie. Oh, I'd be all right with that. Yeah, so I, that's where I thought you were initially going, and I was like, nope, that doesn't sound like this at all. No. That is a game that would make sense as a movie. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I don't think you like would need a massive budget or anything like that. No. No, you'd be able to do it indie style. Mm-hmm. I think you could do it indie style very well. Yeah. Because there's only two people in it. Mm-hmm. So you could definitely do that super indie style. Just to get off topic briefly for a second here. Mm-hmm. The trailers they that were playing before the Batman. Okay. One of them was for uh, Jordan Peele's next movie. Okay. Have you seen that trailer yet? No. It looks interesting. Oh, okay. It's his next horror movie, and the premise is it's a group of people that uh, race horses that are you or not that not race raise. Okay. Um, horses for Hollywood that Hollywood uses in their movies. Okay. And they're they're the only all black family that still does this horse stuff in the Hollywood area. Sure. And it links to aliens. Okay. Like, I don't know. You'd Interesting. Have to, you'd have to watch the trailer, but like, okay. you hear about like where this is and they're like on this like kind of ranch and stuff. And then like you see some lights in the sky and like you very quickly get the impression that this is going to, it's some kind of like alien invasion, but it's done very Jordan Peele intense, suspenseful horror style. It looked, hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I was like, oh, I'm definitely, definitely going to watch that. I'll check that out. Speaking to trailers. The Obi-Wan trailer came out, and it's like everything I hoped for. Is so it? I just want to throw that in there. Okay. Because I watched the trailer for that uh, Assassin Bullet Train one. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. it does not look... It looks good, but it doesn't look nearly as good as I'd built it up in my head based on... Uh, I had the same feeling. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's parts of that trailer that I like. was like, okay, like this is the Brad Pitt I want. But like I remember like almost like monthly we would talk about like people getting added Mm. to that movie and like i think we hyped it up in our heads way more than we probably should have because we were like how can this fail 
Yeah, that's you definitely know, definitely what this happened. Is, it's the John Wick guys making a fucking assassin movie on a train. Like, how could this not be bad? And I think we just overhyped it. Yeah, because I, I had the that's... same reaction with the trailer. I was like, oh, I expected more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That bubble one, Adam McKay's next Netflix one, the bubble oh. or whatever. That one looked really good too. I didn't see that trailer. It's like a bunch of people that are in the UK. It's it's quite a fucking cast, man. Like we're talking David Duchovny, Karen Gillian. Oh shit. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oh shit. And they're all actors over in the UK filming a movie in the middle of a pandemic. So the majority of the movie is green screen. So they they're like kind of going through. Oh shit. What it's like to film, but it's kind of like a comedy, and I get the feeling it's kind of like a horror comedy because they like as they're in isolation and only filming with the same people and they're always around green screens when they're filming, they start to like lose their minds and people start dying. Yeah. It looked, it sure. looked quite, quite good. Right. I'm all right. Like I, I've never disliked anything Adam McKay's done. So oh, Leslie Mann. Oh shit. There's another one in there with one of her daughters, not Maude, but the other daughter. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I will have to check that out. Mm-hmm. So when you initially put on here, those who wish me death, I was like, Oh, I saw that too. And then I realized shortly after that I just completely glossed over what you wrote. And what I actually meant was our flag means death. I started oh. watching that. Okay. So what is that? I've never heard of that. <laughs> Unless I've heard of this and I'm just blanking on the title. Why are you slapping your forehead at me? Is this something I've seen? No, but I'm surprised that you haven't heard of it. Like for one, it's uh, HBO. Okay. Two, it's Taika Watiti. Oh, yeah. I'm looking this up on IMDb, and uh, this is like... Oh, this is the pirate show that he's doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember hearing about that. I didn't know it was out. Yes. Okay. Four or five episodes at this point. Oh, shit. Okay, and? I know. It started off really strong, then kind of slowed down, but then it's been picking back up again, so it's good. It's entertaining. I'm enjoying it. Okay. It's funny. Well, yeah. I mean, but you got to wait till like, I don't think Taika shows up till episode three because Taika plays Blackbeard. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm looking at a picture now. Oh, sure. All right. The most interesting thing about this whole thing is it's like loosely, but it's based on a true fucking story. Well, yeah. Which I didn't know until I was like, oh, yeah, that Taika pirate show. And then I started looking into it. Like the idea that back in the 1800s or whatever, some rich dude was just like, I'm leaving my wife. I'm leaving my kids. I'm going to buy a ship, get a crew, and I'm just going to become a pirate. Yep. And then actually ended up co-piloting or co-whatever sailing a ship with Blackbeard for a period of time. Yep. Fucking wild to me. Yep. There's tons of crazy, like, stories of that. Like, if you've ever watched the, like, Stars Black Flag series, which is, like, basically does... So, it basically does all of the, like, I guess, historical accounts of, like, Blackbeard and Treasure Island and all of that. And it, like, kind of... Obviously, those stories are very loose because they're so old, right? Mm -hmm. You know? But it's, like, it very much plays on, like, here is kind of all of this crazy shit that happened back then. And it's, like, it turns out... The pirate era was like super fucking insane. Yeah. It's just crazy. 
they, they do it really well though it's funny i can, like the you'd recognize the guy who plays the gentleman pirate the main guy there i can't remember his name for the life of me but like he's been in everything from oh, yeah, like yeah. The, what we do in the shadows movies and all that other stuff that kiwi yeah. guy yeah he does really good as the the gentleman pirate and it's hilarious because his group of pirates is a bunch of misfits and he's trying to like be a pirate but also be a gentleman and like it's I don't know it's it's weird there's like one scene where they're like talking about forming a mutiny on him because they okay, haven't sure. really done any pirating they haven't like really looted and killed and stolen and all this other stuff and then they're like yeah all right okay let's form a mutiny let's let's kill let's kill the captain let's do yep. this on our own and then one of the guys is just like well hold on like do we really want to kill the captain he's like well yeah like we this isn't the pirate life and but who's gonna read us our stories at bedtime? He does so good with the with the voices of that wooden of that wooden doll that becomes a boy, like the referencing Pinocchio. Oh, sure. Like yeah, every yeah. night he reads them Pinocchio and does like character voices. Oh yeah, yeah. just like little obscene jokes like that. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I didn't know because I remember hearing about like him doing like a pirate comedy and being intrigued by that. I didn't know it was out. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good so far. <laughs> and the new season of Reno Nine One One is out. Okay. And it's pretty good. If you okay. like Reno 911, it's right on par. So is that uh, them continuing because it was, uh, what was that fucking, the Quibi show? Or is that different? Uh, it's continuing on from there. Oh, okay. when Quibi sold all their shit, they sold it all to Roku. And That's I right. I think this is one of the first, if not the first. Iteration of that. Yeah. Of the them actually making a, taking some of the properties they bought from Quibi and turning it into a real show. Okay. So it's basically like, yo, if you liked this before, it is more that. Yeah, if you liked Reno 911, then you're going to continue to like Reno 911. Is it all the same people still? Yep. Okay. And now that Brooklyn Nine-Nine's done, they got Joe Latrugio back too. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right. Mm-hmm. I never got into Reno 911, but I mean, I maybe I should. I wouldn't go back and watch from the very, very beginning. I don't know if that's necessary. Although maybe it is because there's so many guest stars that show up that do just like crazy characters. Like sure. Nick Swartzen yeah. pops oh, yeah. up periodically as Gay Terry. <laughs> sure. He's like a male prostitute who rollerblades all the time and like feeds them intel. It's, all right, sure. <laughs> like <laughs> to see him as Gay Terry is pretty fucking hilarious. Sure, yeah. Just you describing that, like, I'm like, okay, I should watch that. Like, that that seems... Yeah. That seems up my alley. Yeah, it's definitely something that you could, like, throw on while you do other stuff. Yeah, good background show. Have you gotten... Have you... Has enough episodes built up yet where you started watching the new season of Snowpiercer? Are you still fucking holding off? I'm still holding off. Okay, <sighs> so... He, okay, so here's, the, like, my super pretentious reason why it's, like, they haven't released the 4Ks yet. <laughs> not out in 4k are the other ones in 4k the other ones were when i watched them but i watched them after the fact so i don't know if that was like some sort of like that seems incredibly bizarre to me that they would release the show but then wait months until after to then re-release them with a 4k version that doesn't make any fucking sense to me and maybe it's just like the way i'm watching it is the reason why it's not 4k (laughs) maybe i don't know (laughs) but i like i've I plan to start watching it because I think most of them are out, or at least a good chunk are out. But well, it it's been a good season so far. Is it good? Some, is some it good? Big big plot development developments have happened. Sean Bean is still alive. 
Okay. This might be okay. the longest Sean Bean's ever stayed alive in a TV series. <laughs> in anything? Yeah. So, I mean, good for him. <laughs> Just wait. I'm sure they'll kill him off eventually. Won't go into too much detail until you uh, start watching and catch up because... Be I'll, some I'll, major spoilers, and I don't want to. I don't want to major spoil some of the future events that happen here. I'll try to make an like. I'll try to catch up on it, being that you've seen it. We'll just so. we'll just gloss right right over Snowpiercer. I'll prioritize it. I'll prioritize it. <laughs> uh, I know I talked about it a little bit on our uh, doomed podcast there, but like, oh yeah, I just recently read that they're gonna that it it's greenlit for a second season. They're gonna do a second season of Only Murders in the Building. Th- and that's the improv one, right? No. Oh. You're thinking of Murderville. Oh, okay. Only Murders in the Building is... Oh, is that the one... Selena Gomez and... Uh, Michael Short. Is that his name? Uh, yeah. Mar- or Martin, Martin Short. Martin Short and uh, Steve Martin. Oh, Okay. Where someone gets murdered in their building and they're trying to figure out who and then they're like, oh, let's turn this into a podcast. So they're trying to like solve oh. this murder in the building while making a true crime podcast about it to like make some money on the side. Okay, sure, sure. Spoiler alert, one of the characters is super broke. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's, it was really, really good. Like okay. I was super happy with it. It's just like, it's a murder mystery, but like. I mean, Martin Shore and Steve Martin are fucking legends and Selena acts like absolutely kills it in her role. It's like a feel good murder mystery. Like I quite enjoyed it. Like the way it was shot and just really good. I I can't, I heard about it. I saw it. I was like, ah, I hummed and hawed about watching it for a long time. And then I ended up watching it on my way to and from Jamaica. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And absolutely loved it. Fantastic (laughs) show. And I'm so pumped for a second season. I will have to add that to the list because it seems, yeah, you describing that and then, I mean, that cast, like, sure, absolutely. That seems like that would be hard not to be bad. Yeah, it was, it was very good. Very well done. Okay. I'll add it to the list. What I recently discovered though, Mm -hmm. last, last one laughing. Okay. It's on Amazon prime. Okay. So the premise is it's, it's a reality show and they uh, take a bunch of, cause it's the Canadian one. Yeah. They take a bunch of Canadian comedians. Okay. And they shove them in a house. Okay. With a six hour countdown. Okay. And when you laugh, you get ejected from the house. Oh shit. So the last person in the house who hasn't laughed, they're the winner and they win uh, a large sum of money for like the charity of their choosing. Oh shit. This could be good. Is it good? It was phenomenal. Okay. Cause like, Cause like Jay Burchell hosts. Right? Sure. And there's a couple people in here that I wasn't familiar with. Like Deborah D. D. Giovanni, Brandon Muhammad. Don't know. But A. Foley from kids in the hall. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Trevor Wilson from Letterkenny. Yeah. Tom sure. Green. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Colin Mockery. Who's oh, shit. Like an absolute legend. Andrew yeah. Fung from Kim's Convenience Store. Oh, shit. Caroline, right. Caroline Rea of Sabrina the Teenage Witch fame. I'm going to probably watch this. John Lejeau from yeah. uh, The League. Yeah. So, and it's like it, it's, so it's six, the whole thing is six hours, but it's six episodes and they're 30 minutes each. Okay, sure. Yeah. So like the whole, to like watch the entire thing play out is less than three hours. Okay. 
So like it's a, it's a very short, easy, like afternoon watch kind of yeah. thing. And it's hilarious. So like if you you can't even like smirk. Like if you like oh really wide smile and stuff like that. So like their system is is Jay Burchell is like sitting in a room adjacent with like cameras everywhere. Sure. And if they catch you laughing or if they catch you like smiling or whatever, they hit a red buzzer. The game freezes. He comes in and they kind of reveal who got caught. Like okay, you know, basically laughing. So. The first time you get busted, you get a yellow card. Okay. Also, oh, it's like you're, you're not immediately out. Of oh. And then the second time it happens, you get a red card and you're fucking ejected from the house. Oh shit. Okay. And then once you're ejected, you just go. They go back into that room with Jay, and they all just sit there and crack jokes and watch. Oh shit. Watch everyone okay. fucking. So this like you, you just have this these amazing fucking comedians, and their only goal in there is to make each other laugh. So like that, it gets. Yeah. Crazy. I was just about to say this seems like a recipe that would just like produce the most insane like jokes because it's like how how are you going to make someone else laugh that also does this for a living? And the answer is like probably take it up to ten. Well, and that's what they do. Like <laughs> yeah. like Colin Mockery like just goes ham. I can't imagine like as soon as I saw his name and the premise, I was like, I need to watch this because I'm a big whose line is it anyway. Yeah, and so exactly, and like Tom Green is is Tom Green, so like yeah. the stuff that he does is pretty wild, and like Jean Lejeau from like the league, he got his start doing like these like, I don't know if you ever listened to any of the songs he did on YouTube, like E equals MC Vagina, and I think so, yeah, yeah, they're fucking hilarious. But he's like yeah. a very like obscene kind of comedy stuff, so like he's constant. Like they have a phone, and they mm-hmm. they're told before they come in that they can do like a a special, I don't know, not set, but they can do something special while they're in there. So like they'll pick up the phone, which is a direct line to Jay and they'll be like, okay, I want to, I want to do my play now. So they'll like bring in some stuff for them to like up the ante. Okay. Sure. 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 And so they all have different specialties, right? Like some are improv, some are deadpan, some are just straight up stand up comedians and all that other stuff. So they all like, kind of bring in their own little show to try and do to like make people laugh and get them out of there. And sure. Every time John Lejeau picks up that phone to call Jay, he's, he'll be like, Hey hey guys, John, or I got Jay on the phone. He wants me to relay this message to you. And he, he just harps on Jay. Like the one time he's like, Jay wants me to let everyone know that he thinks, uh, R Kelly is like, a really good man and he's like he doesn't deserve the hate like just this like oh my god really i don't have to check this out because i love like a, I love improv comedy i think it is like i think if you get the right people it produced like it it makes some of the funniest shit because like and like talking about like that murder reel show like on how like that out like depending on the person like that also gets like it can just go places like and my favorite parts of like whose line is it anyway is like when they end up cracking each other up because like they take something over the top for like cable TV or something and everyone's yeah. like holy shit you just said that like we're the CW <laughs> you know so it's like uh, this seems right up my alley yeah I and I I obviously won't tell you who but when you get to the last episode where they're down to the final two guys oh and shit they start going hard at each oh, other shit. I was in tears. I was just like non. I was just crying. I'm gonna have to check this out because it seems like right up yeah. my alley. It's it's worth a watch and it's short. Like it's super yeah. easy to just sit down and watch all six episodes. I might actually just watch this later today. Yeah. I, I <laughs> randomly just came across it 
like looking at stuff. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I saw who was in it and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll throw one on. And then, yeah, I burned through all of it very, very quickly. Yeah, I'm going to have to check this out because it seems right up my right up my alley. So have you been watching any Billions then? Or are you still uh, off on that? No, so last time we talked, I think I had watched whatever the first two or three episodes was and kind of came to the conclusion that I think I'm done with Billions. Okay. Unless you're going to tell me that it suddenly gets, like, way better. I mean, it does. Like, it goes back to, like... The billions feel less. What's his name? Like that. Like him okay. not being in there, but like Paul Giamatti still being Paul Giamatti, and uh, sure, and so on and so forth. There's a couple gripes I have with it. Like I don't like how Dollar Bill and the other guy split off to make their own agency, and they come back in one episode. Oh, do they come back? Okay. Yeah. So I don't because uh, I if, thought I thought that was their way of like writing them off of the show. Like well, that's what I thought too. But they uh. they come back. They've been in two episodes now, very like very briefly, like they're not even really noticeable in one, and then they're part of the main story of another episode. Oh sure, which was kind of nice to see, but like okay. I, it didn't satisfy me enough. Like I wanted to know more about what they're doing and where they're going. So that sure. kind of bummed me out. Oh, you know what? I bet they're trying to set that up for a spinoff. <laughs> it's very I possible. Bet that's what they're gonna do, because it's showtime. So like that part's been nice. There's been a major plot development that like, I won't say in case you do decide to watch it, but okay. basically one of the characters does something where you're like, no fucking way. Really? Oh. And it honestly, in my opinion, completely changes the dynamic of the show and it completely changes the dynamic of how this ongoing war between Paul Giamatti and the hedge fund billionaires is going to play out. It was, so a, it was might, a pretty, pretty drastic. Like you might've just sold me on like diving I, back in with wanna, that. I don't want to overhype it in case this event comes and you're like, okay, well that's like, that's interesting. But, like that's not like crazy, but like sure. in my mind when this, okay. this uh, plot development happened, I was like, well that changes the game. And, and this is a plot development involving a character that's been here for a long time. So when it happens, I was like, no, really? Interesting. That's super out of character, but I get it. Like, I understand why this is happening. I understand from that character's perspective why this might happen. Right. But if you would have asked me, like, at the end of last season, if I ever thought this character would do this, I would have been like, no, not in a million years. So okay. it, it definitely took it took me by surprise. It caught me off guard. I was like, didn't, didn't see that coming. Interesting. I'm... Maybe I'll watch it. I mean, it's it's not a long show. I think it's only like what eight episodes a season. Yeah, it's, it's not and super it's, long. But here's so. here's my. This is why I was curious if you'd like started watching it or not because I think it's the very first episode of this new season. It opens up with like all the main characters doing something completely different. Yep. Like what's her name is like working in a fucking ice cream truck and shit. Yep. And then it kind of shows the title card like two weeks earlier, and then rewinds time, and then the sh the season starts. Yep. Based on where we are in the season right now and just loosely kind of going off like how many days have passed, we're past the two fucking week mark. Oh, so it's like a weird like continuity thing of like Yeah, it's like hold on. Okay. You started this off that like these people are doing completely different jobs and they're not like Chuck's a farmer and she's doing ice cream service trucks. 
then it's yep. just like that's right well hold on like we've have six episodes since then you can't there's no way you can't tell me everything that i've watched in the last six episode has taken place in less than two weeks it's not possible yep totally so now i'm sitting here like are they going to address how they started the season like they have to right like eh, it, this isn't a it's showtime they could not yes it's showtime but it's not like it's not like the guys from game of thrones are writing this show like no, they've been true. pretty good with their continuity thus far, you know, six or seven seasons in. So I have to imagine that they're aware. But I'm just sitting here going like, you need to address it somehow. Yeah, totally. Anyway, that's all I'll say on that. Hmm. Maybe I'll dive back in because like I, it's not like I, when I watched the first episode of the season, like it's not like I disliked my time with it. I was just like, kind of like. This isn't the billions that I want it to be. Right? No, and there'll always be that hole left when he when uh, Axelrod yeah. departed the show for sure. Yeah, but the guy who's playing, oh yeah, Michael Prince. Yeah, he's maybe a, I just he's actually not bad. And then yeah. like we get like it was like with Axelrod gone and Prince taking over, there was the big like how is uh. Wag's going to deal with this. Right. Is he right. going to be a, a stubborn D-bag the whole time? Is he going to sabotage? Is he going to leave? And like the development right. we've got on Wags, I've actually been pretty, pretty content with how they've handled that character. Maybe I just need to like give the show like, maybe I just need to keep watching and like kind of settle into like, okay, this is like the new version of the show. Like maybe I just need to like give it a chance of like, all right, give me your new version. I, I think that's maybe the case. I think you need to go into it with that mind. Because definitely if you look at it like, okay, this show was about Bobby Axelrod. And if there's yeah. no Axelrod, then there's no fucking show. Then like this will never live up to your, to your expectations. I, yeah. But if you're into the gen, genuine world of like shady stock market dealings and how the rich people move money and get what they want and stuff like that, then like at its core, the show is still the same. Yeah. And I think I just need to like get over that hump and like get that out of my mind of like, okay, that iteration of the show, it's time has come and we are onto the new kind of version. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, I think I just talked myself into getting back into that show. <laughs> All right. Sure. Did you finish righteous gemstones? I haven't even started it yet. <laughs> I've been meaning to, I've been meaning to, because it seems like an HBO comedy about fucking like the super zealous religious people seems like it, it's an absolute fucking no-brainer. Well, I wanted to know if you finished it because I wanted to know how you felt coming out on the other end. Oh, like how it's finished now? No, like they're gonna. This is just like a season finale. There's another season, as far as oh, I know. Okay. Okay. But like, I was having this discussion with a friend recently where he was like, yeah, did you watch the season finale yet? Like he wanted to talk about it. So I watched it okay, we sure. talked about it and you know, he was all hyped and this is so great. What a great season. And I was like, yeah, it was a good season and it had lots of funny moments, but like, I don't know. It didn't lure me the way the first season did. Okay. And the okay. way that the second season ended, like, I don't like it when there's these gaping plot holes and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Yeah. Like, I think, especially because as this was coming out, I've been watching Euphoria too, right? Sure, yeah. So, like, the way Euphoria was ending their episodes and the way they ended that season, it's like these suspenseful moments and you're invested and it's like, I can't wait 
for the next season of Euphoria. Like, I want season three of Euphoria right now. Right. Where is this? You're kind of like, eh. yeah. I was like, yeah. When another season comes out, I'll watch it. But like, I'm not on the edge of my seat dying. It's not like Euphoria. It's not like Westworld. It's not like. No, don't do this to me. Like, what am I going to do next week? I need more. I need more. It's like, yeah, that was good. That was funny. I enjoyed my time with it, but I'm not like dying for another episode right now. Sure. And the way they wrapped it up, like, I don't know if it's just a precautionary thing, but like typically there's some kind of not cliffhanger, but like in the realm of cliffhangers where like it gives you something to look forward to for the next season. Oh, and it almost maybe feels like they don't know if they're getting the third season. Yes, that's how I felt they wrapped it up. They like closed a bunch of like the story arcs and stuff like that where it's like, okay, there's still plenty of material and there's a there's a direction that they can go with a third season. But the way it's wrapped up, it's like if they don't do another season, if this is if that's it for righteous gemstones, then there's no like oh. fan outcry of like, well, what happens here? What happens here? They're just like your generic like well, I'd be curious what that character is doing now. Okay. But like, I wonder. I wonder if it's a case of like, maybe it's not, not set in sure. stone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be weird with HBO because usually HBO is pretty good about that. Yeah. So it's it was weird. Like again, it was really funny. The whole season was great, but like the very first season left off with the kid running away to Mexico and. And Danny McBride chases him down and was like, we're going to fix our family. And is like down in Mexico. So you're like, okay, well, do they fix their family? Like, how do they deal with all this and that? And like the way this one ended, it's just like, okay. There's Interesting. Everything you need to know if they decide not to do another season. Interesting. So like, in a sense, I kind of felt, I don't know, for lack of a better term, ripped off. I could see that. I could see that. Like, it's so weird to, like, sit here and complain because, like, like I said, yeah. by all rights, it was a very good season. It was hilarious from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Truly funny. But the way that the season wrapped up, it was just, like, it didn't keep my it, anticipation it, levels yeah. high. Didn't, like, leave you wanting more. Yeah. Like, Ozark, like, when the first part of that ended, I was like, okay, give me the next part. Mm-hmm. Give me it now. And it's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So that's that. After party. I think you talked about that before. Yeah. Is that the one with on our broken podcast? Yes. And I, I've been meaning to check it out, but I haven't yet. I got one episode left. Okay. Is it still good? Cause I it's remember still you were phenomenal. Okay. And I just read somewhere that, they're going to do a second season. Okay. I, there's no details as to whether it's the same group of people or like it's a second season in the sense of here's a murder and they're going to play it where every episode is that character's, you know, what they did throughout the night. Sure. But it's still, still masterfully done. It is still phenomenal. Yeah. I've been meaning to check it out because... I think we've talked about this before. Like the more Apple TV shows I watch, the more I realize that they're actually really good. Quality so, over quantity. They're really yeah. doing it. Yeah. So I've been meaning to. It's that's good that it's like that makes me want to check it out even more. Are you saying that like it still holds up like five or like kind of near the end, right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm one episode away and I'm still like super into it. I enjoy every just the unique storytelling they do with each character. I'm I'm quite a, quite a big fan of. 
And I think like the telling the different perspectives is, is always like, if you can do that right, it's a really cool like idea of like, here is the viewpoint of eight people and it's all different variations. Like there's, if you do that right, it's cool. Yeah. Well, and you have to go in with the mindset too, that like when you're getting this person's viewpoint, this is them being like interviewed by the, by the detective. So like they could tell you how they're, you know, all the course of events that happened throughout their night, but like, are they leaving something out? Is there a little detail that they didn't notice? And you'll see in other people's storylines, like the detail that this person missed, this person did notice. And then at its core, it's like, it's a murder mystery. So like while you're going through everyone's stories, you're trying to figure, you're still trying to figure out like who did it. Yeah, you're kind of like playing along with it of like, okay, I'm, I'm also making my own kind of like leaps here of like, okay, I think this person did it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like I'm one episode away and I still can't definitively say who the killer oh, is. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, that's good then. I have that my means they're doing it well. But I don't have confidence to say this is who did it and this is what happened. That's good then. So. Hmm. I'm going to bump that up the list. And then I randomly ended up watching Death Note on Netflix the other day. Okay. Did you ever watch that? This sounds familiar. Let me just see. Death Note. I don't remember the dude's name. Oh, no, I did not. But it's got Margaret Qualley in it, and uh, Willem Dafoe plays the voice. Mm-hmm. But it's based on anime. Yeah, that's right. I actually quite enjoyed the movie that like for the first time in I don't know how long I'm debating actually like looking into the anime series. Oh, interesting. Because this movie, it's an hour and a half or something like that. So it's just a movie. But the anime series is like several seasons. And so like far more detailed and stuff. But like the whole premise is this kid, this book drops from the sky and the book belongs to a death god or something. Yeah, a death god. And essentially, if you write someone's name in the book and write how it happens then it happens and it happens so this kid kind of like does what like a kid would do where he's like i'm gonna be righteous with it and like sure there's like rules you have to follow though which find it interesting like you have to know the person's full name you have you have to uh know their full name you have to be able to like see them like you need just you need to know what their face looks like and you need their name And then there's like some little side rules. Like if you write someone's name in the book, you can like specify times. And as long as you rip the page out and burn that page before that time, then it kind of cancels you putting them to death. Okay. So that kind of ground it in some interesting ways. Yeah. But you only get one, like each keeper of the book gets one burn page. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like you have to like use it wisely kind of thing. Right. Right. Sure. They do it very, it's very interesting because they do it super polarizing where he gets this chick involved, Margaret Qualley, and they're doing the world good. And then he starts to see the ramifications of basically killing hundreds of people across the globe. Right. But she thinks, nope, we need to go further. So it's like this internal battle where he's Uh, like, okay, "Okay, like this is some, in some instances it's too far. And like, who are we to play God? And then she's sure, on the yeah. opposite end and she's like, let's fucking kill everybody. And sure. Okay. But they're in love. So then like he's struggling with like, how do I deal with her? How do I deal with this? And oh, interesting. Cause I, this is actually selling me on the movie. Cause when it first came out, I think I 
totally disregarded it because I was like, I don't want to watch some live action anime adaption. Yeah, that's exactly what my sentiments were when it first came out on Netflix. I was like, yeah, hard pass. But then having watch it, like, it's actually, actually solid. not that bad. And, like, it, it has, like, your the hallmarks of a good movie with, like, the story arcs and the, you know, your various acts and the resolution. And the way it all wraps up is actually kind of interesting because, like, the main character gets put in a precarious situation and has to figure his way out of it and... The way he figures his way out of this and that is really good. And the whole time he's being chased down by a detective who's like kind of figured out what's happening and is trying to prove it. Okay. And he's part of this like elite worldwide detective group. He's like kids that get trained from like six years old on how to be oh, shit. the okay. world's greatest detectives. So okay. he kind of like figures it out and gets some theories. So he's running around and he only goes by the name L. So no one knows his name and he always keeps his face covered so that no one knows it's him. So then naturally like this kid, he starts getting caught on to. So he's like, I got to kill this guy before he figures out it's me. Sure. He doesn't know his name. Can't see his face. So he can't really get rid of him. Sure. Okay. Yeah. This is actually like selling me on this. Like I kind of really want to watch this. This is actually a good watch. I just like coming (laughs) off a night shift. I just like laid in bed and watched it and I, I actually really enjoyed it. And so much so to like, I'm, giving thought i'm like i might actually watch the uh the anime version of it interesting i always love when you find like when you just take a random chance and it turns out that it's actually decent mm-hmm. that is always a, like it's a pleasant thing of like i'm just i i know nothing about this i'm just gonna watch it and hey this was good so and like they do like i i never saw the anime but like it's it's graphic it's crude it's like, okay. it's no they're not holding any punches with their oh, attempt at adapting it you can okay. only do so much when you adapt a show yeah. that's got like five seasons and, you know, 60 totally. hours of material. You can only do so much when you put that into a movie, but I actually totally. quite enjoyed it. I was incredibly surprised at how much I liked it. Interesting. I will add that to the list. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really all my TV viewing. And that's all I got to you. And then we still got a couple like I Am Legend. Saw that? Yeah, it's getting a sequel <laughs> with uh, Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith. Yeah, but which, Chris, didn't Will Smith die at the end of that movie? Uh, yes, in the theatrical release, in the Blu-ray, there is a alternative ending where he does not, <laughs> and I'm assuming that's what they're going to use, which is an odd choice. <laughs> you think so? You think that's how they're going to play it out instead of having like Will Smith in it, where he does like. He left a series of video recordings and that's Will Smith's presence in the movie, old video recording. That's how I would hope they would do it because that would be better than actually like, you know, here's the alternative ending where he actually lives. I, yeah. And I, so when this came out out of curiosity, I was like, I wonder if this movie still holds up. So I rewatched it like it still holds up, but like. I don't think it needs a sequel at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, like I watched, I watched it and I was like, okay, like I didn't rewatch it, but like I vaguely remember it. And I, yeah. rem- and like just looking back at what I do remember instantly, I was like, I don't know if it needs a sequel, but I am curious about this garden or whatever that he was trying to get to. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's how they ended up like, Oh, here's the, place where it's like actually civilization again mm-hmm. so like yeah there is totally like 
And I mean, it's it's a post-apocalyptic world. There's always a story there, right? Because like, is is in the movie is his wife and kid dead, or is his wife and kid in the garden and he's trying to get back to them? No, his wife and kid is dead. Okay. And then in the movie, he's trying to cure everything. Right. And then he ends up dying. And throughout the movie, he encounters like a girl and kid and kind of like helps them, like points them in the direction of like, all right, the garden places that way. So here's you think some that's supplies. Jordan? All grown up? I thought about it until I saw that it was a little white kid. Oh, okay. So that's definitely so, I couldn't remember. That's why I was asking. Yeah, no, because I totally thought about that because like when in the movie, I was like, oh, right. Uh, as I was watching, I was like, all right, there's a girl and a kid. I wonder if it's the kid. And then I was like, eh, I mean, they could still do it. Sure. But like, maybe it is. Who knows? <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. Who knows? But, but yeah, I mean, like there's, that's the thing with apocalypse stories there is always a story of how someone gets somewhere and you can make that compelling if you do it right so it's just yeah it's weird i saw this title and i was like i that's an odd franchise to go back to they've been saying it for years that hollywood's out of ideas so yeah and they're Uh, also i'm gonna hold my judgment until i hear a plot synopsis yeah pretty much but I am super curious on how this God of War TV series is going to work out. Yes. Because did you ever play the, like the new God of War game? I played one of them. Okay. And recently, I think the first one or the first two, or maybe, I don't know. I know recently one of the God of War games, they finally uh, ported it to PC. So that's kind of like, that's the one that they like kind of revamped the series with. Okay. All of the previous God of War games were like PlayStation 1 and 2. So they're like super old games and they're like old graphics and shit. And then they kind of let the franchise die. And then a couple of years ago, someone came in and was like, I got an idea for this. We're going to do a completely different kind of like Uncharted kind of thing. So Okay. The one that just came out on PC is definitely worth playing. Is it? Yeah. Well, I added to the. I got so many PC games to play. That is true. I haven't finished Dying Light yet. I just got into Hitman. Started playing Flight Simulator last night. Flight Simulator is amazing. It's pretty great. It makes me want all of the, like the controls and stuff. Throw yeah, on the VR headset. Yeah. When I first played it, I was like, should I spend like eight hundred bucks on a bunch of equipment? And then I was like, <laughs> no, I shouldn't. But I've. There was a time I had it all on my Amazon cart, and I was like, no, you're you're never going to use this. I still debate doing that for just the racing games, like Forza, to like have a steering wheel, clutch pedal, all that kind of stuff. That is one that I actually like. ended up spending like 700 bucks on <laughs> at one point. I just happened like, to be in Best Buy the other day, and they had like the newest Logitech steering wheel thing out, and I was like, ooh, yep. like just the steering wheel was like $600, not including the shifter or the pedals. It's like, oh yep. my God. Yep. It is. The nice part is like, that is something that will last a really long time. Like mine is like seven years old and it still works fine. And so it is usually like you only have to buy it once, but mm, yeah. Anyway, getting yeah. off topic. Yeah. I'm curious to yeah. see how it turns out because there's just not doing super well with game adaptations. Yeah. 
and it's we'll we'll, let's see how how well hbo does dying late i have really high hopes for that but like netflix's redo of like og uh resident evil was a fucking huge disappointment to me yeah i'm almost wondering so like all of the bad shit has been movie and we're starting to get into the realm of like they're starting to do tv shows and i wonder if that's that's the answer i'm wondering if that's the answer answer to the like do video games at a patient right like i wonder if like to just cram all of to cram a 30-hour video game into a movie like inherently you're gonna end up pissing someone off because you didn't include something right so it's like i i wonder if the answer is a limited series where we can really flesh out all of this stuff maybe i don't know and that that might be the answer. I mean, it very well could be because that's the thing. It's just like people complain that this 500 page book, you know, it's entertaining as a movie, but you miss so much stuff because you shove 500 pages into, you know, two hours. Well, one could say the same about video games, especially given like we're in the golden age of open world exploration video games where like, yeah, sure. If you stick to just the main quests you know, you can beat a game in like 10 hours, but that's still 10 hours of not reading. That's 10 hours of game play and yeah. character and plot development and story to get through yeah. to finish the game. Not, not including all of the little side mesh missions, which like in most cases link to the main story. Yeah, totally. So like you take a game like, like the Witcher, like that's obviously had great success, but that's a game where like, if you put the time and that could be 50, 60, 70, a hundred hours of, Totally. To complete that game, right? So, and like, totally. I guess we'll find out soon with uh, Fallout because that's coming out as a series, right? Yep. And Halo actually comes out in like three weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, we'll see how that one translates. I'm really, I really want The Last of Us to do extremely well on HBO. Mm-hmm. And then I want HBO to be like, okay, what's our next video game ab- adaptation? And I really, really want them to pick Silent Hill. I want HBO to do a Silent Hill series. They'd be able to do it right. But that's like, I, there's nothing I want more to come from HBO right now than a Silent Hill series. Yep. I I'm excited for some of these like video game shows because like they have the potential to be like great shows. Like mm-hmm. the the recent God of War, which I'm assuming is what they're going to use to adapt because it's like the most recent one that like came to PC and was on like PS4 and stuff like that. And the new one comes out on PS5, I think this year is very like, it's a very cinematic game mm-hmm. and it is a ava- like it, when you play it, there is moments that feel like a big bombastic like movie where you're yeah. like fighting gods and fucking doing crazy shit. Like it feels like playing a movie. So it's like, if you translate that well into TV, I think there's room to make that really good. But well, and you have to go that route though. Like that's the thing is I'm all for taking these games and turning them into source material for television and whatnot. But when you have that much hours of source material, like you have to, you have to do it lengthier. Yep. Like I, I'm still on the fence about how I feel about border, like the upcoming borderlands movie. Cause it's just that it's a borderlands movie. We've got like three or four borderland games and like, albeit they're not as intensive as say like the fallout or the witcher series. Yep. There's still a lot to it. 
So how well is that going to translate to a 90 minute Hollywood movie? Probably not super well. No. And that's why I'm wondering if the answer to the like every video game adaption has been bad is like, I wonder if the answer is like, these should just be TV shows. Especially, especially now that we're getting into like, we've gotten out of the area where like people are like, Oh, TV is low budget. And you only go to TV and you never come back, you know? So it's like maybe now that we're in the area of like, here's a limited series with a good budget and yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause that was it. Right. It's like, yeah. it was hard to recruit the top talent into television. Cause that's where actors go to retire and, you know, make life simple and their remaining days of wanting to be an actor before they go on to do in whatever they do in retirement. Yeah, and then McConaughey came along and did an HBO show, and then just this year we Kate Winslet do it. So, <laughs> yeah, well, they're all like Jeremy Renner, right? Yeah. Like he's yeah. fallen back on that, and we saw. And granted, they're miniseries, but like yeah. Keaton doing Dope Sick, yeah, fucking Yellowstone, Kevin Costner, yeah. I I think the era, like I, I think that era of like TV is beneath people is like finally dead. Like Good. I think I think people just kind of like. That's what it seems like, because like, or else you wouldn't get people like Al Pacino doing an Amazon Prime show, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's which I'm glad is like, because I'm glad people are realizing that like, yo, a limited series is like can totally be better than a movie, you know? Like, well, that's a it kind of like I'm wondering if that like whole movement behind big actors don't play on TV series is like a push from like the behind the scenes people. Like if you're, if you're an actor and you genuinely love what you do and you love portraying different characters, like if you're like, yeah, here's the script and the whole thing's going to be 90 minutes and it's a couple months of shooting. It's like, okay, that's a very limited amount of time to flush out and develop a character that you are going to be portraying, but you give it like a full series run or even the mini series treatment. And it's like now you have more time to develop that character. You have more time to, you know, get to the root of them and like really flex your acting chops, I guess, so to speak. Right. Totally. You can give more dimensions and then that gives you the ability to portray more range. And you would think if you're a real actor who loves all that stuff, who's genuinely acting because they love acting, that's the way to go. And I wonder like, cause you said like, behind the scene things i wonder if that was like a case of like agents and stuff like finally coming yeah like i wonder if that was the case of like actors would look at a tv show and be like i really want to do this and their agent would be like well hold on tv is like you can't come back like i wonder if that's that sentiment has changed or now they're just like yeah do it like so like i'm i'm in my head and like i don't work in Hollywood. So I don't know, but in my head, like, especially in days past, it's like, no, you're talented. We need to get you on this blockbuster movie with a, you know, a $10 million payday for three months worth of work where, you know, I take a 10% cut of that and I do very little. I negotiate a contract once I get a huge payday three months. I'm working on your next one. And you know, that keeps the lawyers and the suits all happy because they got, whereas like if you're in a television show, that occupies like, you know, a large portion of that actor's time. It's so I, I, a part of me speculatively is like, I wonder if that's, that was the cause. It's like, I can make way more money if I'm getting these people in 
five blockbuster movies every year as opposed to letting them do a TV show. Yeah. And I think there's money that goes into TV shows. Like it's different. Like, I mean, friends kind of started that trend. I would say where it's like, Oh, you can do a 18 or 20 episode run and get paid a million dollars an episode. Yeah. So that was really unheard of prior to then. But now like, I wouldn't say it's commonplace, but I mean, Paydays for actors, like if you can net five hundred thousand an episode and you're doing twenty five episodes a season, like that's a good fucking payday. Oh yeah, totally. And I think there's like still weird versions of like those old ways of like we need a blockbuster movie star. Like I look at someone like Chris Pratt and I go like like I look at his career and I'm like, that is very much the typical like Hollywood thing you can think of. It's like, all right, blockbuster, blockbuster, you know, or something like that. So it's like I think there's still weird versions of like, we need a blockbuster studio guy, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. The ironic thing is like, don't get me wrong. Like Chris Pratt is like really good in guardians of the galaxy. I quite enjoy him in the Jurassic park movies and stuff. But if you like sat me down and you were like, okay, Chris Pratt, the actor, what were your favorite things he's ever done? Like my first response is community parks and community parks and rec. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Dwyer on parks and recs. Yeah, totally. That is by far my favorite Chris Pratt character. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I'm glad people are doing TV now. Me too. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got as well. All right. So I guess we'll end her there. That sounds good. Later. Peace.